Do you remember a time when sleeping on the floor with your friends wouldn't have been considered weird? The management of this website invites you to a new dimension in podcasting. An experience so fun, it can only be compared to a childhood sleepover. It's not just about horror. Tom Atkins proves that any man is leading man material. <laughs> it's not just about action. If you're going to rank Van Damme movies... Yeah, it's up there. I'd put it top five for sure. It's not just about comedy. There's no other person in the world that loves Weekend at Bernie's more than you. It's not just about science fiction. Hang a scrim with, like, a beautiful comb over. It's about nostalgia. Can you survive the Saturday night movie sleepover? It's not a movie. It's a podcast about movies. You can follow Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers at saturdaysleepovers.podwits.com on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, and Player FM. Uncharted. We interrupt our regular <laughs> scheduled program for a very special edition of Saturday Movie Sleepovers. This is not a drill. This is this is uh this is not a drill. We just play toned for like yeah. half an hour. Like <laughs> Would you please find your nearest fall shelter? If there was an emergency, this tone would be followed by information. Broadcast telling you to get under your desk. It seems like that used to happen all the fucking time when we were little, like on TV. We get that at night. You never you never it, ha- it still happens occasionally, it but ruins I remember my it used to happen like two or three times a week. Well, in the what, 80s. What, what happens to me now is I'll try to tape something new on television and you'll I I still call it timer tape. I'll DVR it and then I'll DVR the rerun, but then always DV the rerun gets cut off because my Fios decides to do like a local bean, and then it, it turns the box off, and then I miss like three, four minutes of the of the you know. So it comes off in two parts. Yeah, yeah. So anytime you go in to go rewatch it, why I have two episodes, and you don't have two episodes. You have an hour and fifteen minutes, and then you have five minutes, and it's like I've, you've missed the you know. It's like right when like, and I I would have got <laughs> away with it. It's like you know he's got the gun to the, the good guys, and then it's it, and then you lose it because your your DVR either up, re, it either updates. Your box, or you get some sort of update from the local municipality about saying, just in case it's a nuclear disaster, you're fucked. Goodbye. But you're right. All when we were little, it used to be so all like all the fucking time. You'd be in the middle of watching like a rerun of Who's the Boss or some shit, and then it would just come off like <laughs> like oh, God, when you're little, it's like it feels like it goes on forever, and it it seems like you're desensitized to it, where you think that like if that really happened, you should be scared of that tone. But now you're just like it's an annoyance. Well, I don't. I mean, I know for me personally, like I didn't really understand what it was for. Nobody explained to me. Like my mom didn't sit me down and be like, you know, if you hear this tone, you should pay attention. Yeah, just in case something goes on. When I was, I mean, they kind of explain it, but when you're little, you're like, ah. Where where I live, when I was little, they had used to have air raid horns on a Saturday. They play an air raid horn at noon. You, you, I remember, I used to know when the Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, (laughs) they did. They play. They test an air raid horn for like a minute on at noon on a Saturday or whatever it was. Yeah, so I would know. I'd be watching the cartoons, and come 12 o'clock, you'd hear the air raid horn in the distance. You're like, ah, the cartoons are over. Time to go outside. <laughs> I'm oh, it's the air horn. It's <laughs> yeah. time to play. Yeah. I'm living in one of those, uh, those, uh, you know, those cities that are going to blow up, like in Indiana Jones Part 4. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm living with mannequins, <laughs> you know, all these kind of 60s families. 
you know, can I go outside, Dad? And he's just looking at you like rotting. <laughs> okay. Sitting in an armchair. <laughs> yeah, everything's all still. 60s and everything's all like uh, the grass is the fake grass, you know. So, um, well, welcome to um, a special edition of Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. This is a side cast. Yeah. And it's... Um, it's our first new original sidecast proper. Yeah. And that we've had a couple of original quote unquote sidecasts, but this is the first one we've done together for Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. That's new. Yeah. That's new. We've done new ones for Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. We've done them we've done them. We've we did them independently. We have the critically acclaimed Randy Jurgensen interview. We also have the critically acclaimed um, <laughs> the, the not so critically acclaimed love letter Silver Bullet. <laughs> yeah, with uh, our contributor Dave. Uh, do we ever mention Dave's last name? We have once, but then you, we always tag him as Dave. So I don't know if it's just like <laughs> I don't know. He's might, like a it German. Might, it might be in there. His name is Dave. <laughs> he's a good man. So um, yeah, but then we're also here because um, we have a lot of. Um, uh, happenstances happening, like uh, correlations, like you said. We recorded our first ever... This is a bit of an anniversary for us. Yeah. Because uh, we proposed to each other. <laughs> this is the day. Dion and I have known each other a very long time. Yeah. And Dion, uh, there was our sister site or whatever, Podwits, and he had a podcast. There was podcast on there, and Sidecast starts there. And, and uh, for a while, you had been trying to convince me to do something over there with you. I mean, I had written stuff for it, but uh, to do like a podcast. And um, you, you were just too important. Like, it was more like, I was like, who's going to want to listen to us talk about yeah. shit? <laughs> and it was more, I think, scheduling more than anything. Yeah. That was, because that was like, in a lot of ways, doing the sidecast and then especially doing this show was really upped our, our hanging out time, man. Yeah. It, 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 it turns into us doing just, uh, it's all business. But we were on a trip to L.A. Yeah. Way back in late April of 2013. Yeah. Last day there. We got a little tipsy. Yeah. And you hit record on the old phone. Yeah, that's how, that's how <laughs> the analog we were. And we recorded, what did we record, like, Jesus, three hours? I recorded a long one. And that turned out to be like three episodes. And then that ended up posting on the on the podwood site in may in may of 2013 which is kind of the anniversary when we're recording so this is a little bit of anniversary of our very first podcast together but then that is very important as i'm yawning um yeah it's very late and we forgot coffee so we're just we're just trying to work off that beer even though it's not a we're not having a Saturday night movie sleepover. It's yeah. still late on a Saturday. Night. It's still late, 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 late. We inhabit the world of Saturday night, late Saturday nights. Uh, it's kind of like the bewitching Look, hour. You don't always watch a movie at a sleepover. Sometimes you just sit around and chat with your friends. Yeah, yeah. You think you're going to watch a movie, but then you end up chatting all night. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's too late now. It's too to late watch to it. watch the movie. Yeah. Uh, but um, got to go back in the morning. <laughs> we got to make sure it's rewound. <laughs> we can't rewind it the last time. We got so much trouble. We got a got dollar char- fee. Got charge that fifty cents yeah. or a dollar. Just a rewind fee charge, and then you have to go and dispute. You're disputing a dollar. I want my dollar back. What the it fuck? Rewound. Uh, I I didn't get a rewound. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't rewind it. <laughs> when I rented it, it wasn't rewound. So why do I have to leave a rewound? So um, we. What we were saying. So, but this uh, also corresponds with the trip that you went on. Yeah, it's like a huge coincidence. Yeah, because then you went on a. Uh, we went. We went to 
LA three years ago and we did a bunch of stuff. And then while we were out there, when our touring, we did a, a, a podcast. I think we were trying to figure out what can we do a podcast on. And we're like, oh, let's. Well, I think we, you and I just started talking about horror conventions. Yeah. Because and then you're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's record this shit. Yeah, about, about horror conventions and conventions. And then it was kind of like almost the down, not the downfall, but it was the decline. It was like how they had changed and were less. Uh, Since we had been going to late yeah, 90s, yeah. which isn't all that long comparatively to people who probably, if you put it in perspective. And then. Cut to 2016. You just got back from LA. You went yeah. to a horror convention while you were out there, so yeah, yeah. it was fun. So then you were you were live twittering, as people would say it, uh, of pictures of yourself while you were out there. So people on the site were like, "Wait, hey Blake, what are you doing out there, man? <laughs> What's going on?" And then like you know, people were even like, "Hey, why don't you do a podcast about it?" And then we're like, as, as we've been sitting here trying to figure out what movie to watch, we're like, "Hey." Let's you know, talk about. Let's what talk I was about. Doing out there. Let's, let's talk about the sidecast. Let's bring the parents in. We'll sit down and talk about your, celebrate your problem. Our an- celebrate our anniversary. You know, we just had a milestone also for Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, our fiftieth episode. Yeah, ish. Fiftieth. <laughs> it's, it's a gray episode. area there, as, as our jazz hands work. It's a little gray, but uh, yeah. So we're you know we're continuing the celebration. We're remembering. Uh, some old sidecasts because the sidecasts on the site right now, for the most part, other than the ones we mentioned with the the interview with Jorgensen and uh, Silver Bullet by, and the Silver Bullet one, the they, Saved by they, the Bell episode, <laughs> they've been. <laughs> we should totally do it. The Saved by the Bell sidecast. <laughs> we'll do like the uh, the critical analysis <laughs> of, um, or we or we can just do like that five parter when they're working at like Mr. Carosi's uh, beach club. That's always it's always mystifying me because I don't understand it because it's so out of context. It's like, you know, because everything else is, there's a format and a formula, and there's a, uh, even technically a format of how they shoot it, but then when you go to that, they're shooting it like on location, yeah, on kind beaches. Kind of on location. There's all different characters. There's only about two people. I mean, what is it? It's Slater and, and uh, Zach, or who? No, it's all of them are over there. Is it all of but them? But Lisa's the only one that's not working at the, she just came. She, her family is like members of the country club I, I think the biggest and then there's the hawaiian style which is like an actual tv movie which is bizarre because there's no like live audience so it's like you don't really know when you're supposed to laugh at jokes <laughs> it's just, just like it's uncomfortable <laughs> and they look at you and they're waiting for you to laugh and <laughs> they're just like trying to do like funny music cues i'd rather like, do it really weird i'd rather do a sidecast on their changeover from being the original show when they were like in detroit <laughs> wherever the hell oh, they yeah. were and then they went they were, and they yeah, they like dropped the plot yeah some then, shit like yeah, like who pitched that? And Junior then it went high. for that. Se- it went for that series. Gordon, Min- Gordon Mo- Good Morning, Miss Bliss. Years. Yeah, where it's like you know someone pitched that. That was a well, go. Was they did Disney. a season, and then they. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how far we want to get into it. I, I, I know more about Say by the Bell than I sh- probably should, but uh, that that was a show on the Disney Channel. Yeah, and then that got canceled, and somehow they. Whoever created the show still had the rights to the show, so they went to NBC and they're like, "Let's do it, and we'll do it a Saturday morning." Is that when it changed over and they kind of revamped it? Yeah. So were they doing the original ones in Disney, like down in like Florida or LA or? Yeah, know? it was. It was not called Say by the Bell. It was called Good Morning Miss Bliss, and it was supposed to be about the teacher and her relationship to the kids. And see, that played takes by, all. Uh, it takes huge connotations now. You know, of, of the teacher relationship with the children, <laughs> you know, 20 years removed, you know. And that had some, like, Carla Gugino's in an episode of that, you know. Got a lot of, some faces show up. In yeah, so, we'll, you know what, we're, we're point is we have a lot of topics to talk about in our new potential <laughs> sidecast. They don't all have to be uh, the, the roads we travel down, per but se. But the ones that have posted so far. But also, that's a good point, because the, 
the whole point about the sidecast, and then when we started reissuing the, some of them, we only issued two or three so far, uh, the older episodes on Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, is that the sidecast was a place where we would talk about general topics that weren't, uh, it wasn't just one movie specific. Yeah, yeah. You know, even we even talk about blues in an episode, and our favorite blues yeah, albums. Yeah, we do a couple you know, of music ones, because... You know, we're into music. We're big music fans. And then uh, we did, like, uh, you know, stuff about uh, video stores, horror conventions, a whole different. So it wasn't, or even certain genres. So it wasn't just us talking about a, because then that would kind of negate the sidecast, because the sidecast seems to be a bigger discussionary. It's almost like a seminar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And to be honest, some of them are so long ago that I don't even remember. I mean, I remember we, we have the list of topics, and I remember doing some of them. But I have—I don't even remember if like how much research went into them, or if we just kind of sat down and started shooting. Yeah, shit. and then some of them were even just done on our phone, so the sound quality might not be up to par. So what I'm saying is, you know, we we can't uh, <laughs> we can't vouch for the quality of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no, we can we can vouch for the. <laughs> It'll for be the, us chatting about the content, not the con- the content, but not maybe the audio, the technical quality, but. So, and then we also want to kind of continue it here because they were kind of fun. And then it gives us, since we have kind of a, a formulaic regimen of how we do this show, yeah. there's a formula. It's of, fun to kind of get away from that. Yeah, and didn't talk for, about other Matt. things. Although it'd be, I guess it'd be interesting if we do start talking about non-movie related stuff. Like, again, like we did another album on our favorite, you know, live albums or our favorite artists or whatever. And then we, you know, so stuff that wasn't necessarily movie, but you know. You know, That's like, like taking the audience, you know. Yeah, it's it's that uh, that you know peek behind the curtain. A little yeah, bit. you know the uh, the expectations there. You know, well, like for instance, ones that will probably get posted at some point that we did. We did one on like post-apocalyptic science fiction movies, and then we did one on like time travel movies yeah. and action movies. And so we talk about genre. like our own, we talk about all the ones that we know and love, and then we'd also try to talk about the I guess the industry and at the time and. And the movies that that are like for us are like uh, speed bumps in those those uh, genres. One that we didn't remember doing was that we did a Christmas. <laughs> yeah, we did a Christmas episode, which talks about our favorite Christmas specials. And I was and neither, looking. And neither one of us remembers doing it. But then when we started talking about, we do remember some of the topics discussed, but we don't remember that being related to a Christmas episode. But I guess it's to the point when you do so many of these darn things. Yeah, they it all was blend kind of surprising in. at some point when we looked back and we had seen how many we did because we didn't did them we didn't really do them on any like any specific schedule. No, it was, every, it was like whenever we could get together. Yeah, and do it. so they would come out maybe once a month. And we would do like three months. in a day. <laughs> yeah, we'd blow through it our time together. We'd spend like eight hours. Yes, yeah. just a Saturday sitting morning there, sitting there talking about my stuff. poor dogs. Like, we could I go out and walk? Could I have a walk? Like, no, we have to record this. We're in the middle of something, babe. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but we're here now to, Toys. to, to there were some that were completely impromptu. Yeah, we did it. We did where, it. <laughs> where we, we were going to talk about something and then somehow we got on a tangent like we do. And then we just, we, we called an audible and we went the and other we way. we just went the complete opposite. <laughs> we <laughs> did the downfall of the video store. You know, we did it. We did a whole bunch of, we anyway. did stuff over dinner. You know, we've had, we've had, we talked about comic book conventions over dinner at, at Hero Boy oh, and yeah. uh, Manjanero's Hero <laughs> Boy, the famous. <laughs> there was one, maybe the one that posted, it was like around a Chinese restaurant. <laughs> we went down to Chinatown for the horror recommendations. That's the sidecast that we posted in, in uh, our five weeks of uh, ridiculousness. Of anyway, so this. that's the idea is that uh, there, we'll continue posting some of the old sidecasts and this is the first of the new sidecasts. Yeah. A little something extra. Yeah. A little bonus. Yeah, and it's it's us to, it's kind of us to be able to sit back and not be as professional and talk about our uh, 
take our hats off. But the first one was uh, three years ago, today, yeah. around this time, a trip to L.A. Yeah, and what you trip. just did. And I just went to L.A. again. Yeah, and I don't really know anything about it because we haven't talked. I saw your live twitting, you know. <laughs> Luckily, you, 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 you took down some of those more nefarious While pictures. While I was there, I decided to go to Monster Palooza. Yeah. It's not really the reason I went out there. Yeah, you, you called an audible. But one of the things I was doing out there was in Pasadena, so I stayed in Pasadena. Yeah. And happening in Pasadena that weekend was Monster Palooza. So I was like, screw it. I'll go to Monster Palooza like on when I have time. They couldn't have <coughs> made a better thing for you to be wanting to go to that be in the same <laughs> town as you. And I was like, you know, this way, like whenever I don't have something scheduled, I'll have this as an option. That's hilarious. I mean, it could have been a hip-hop convention. You're like, oh, I'll go to the hip-hop convention. But no, it's you love horror and they're doing Monster Palooza right now. And there. I will say, since we're on the topic of Monster, Monster Palooza and the original sidecast was about horror conventions. I will say that this fucking convention was pretty awesome. It goes back to the old thing. It's Fangoras. much better than the, you know, our decline of the horror convention cast talks a lot about how, like, it used to be a certain thing and how it's now become um, much more of, like, a pop culture yeah. thing. Whereas Monster Palooza is still staying pretty strong with the horror like, you know, everything's pretty much horror related. Is it like the, you know, the comic book one we go to? We go to the, um... We go to a comic book convention. Yeah, but much bigger. Yeah, but that. I mean, like how that one kind of still has the heart of a comic book yeah, convention as opposed to... the comic book market or something. Yeah, the one that that's kind of still has the to. heart of a comic book convention as opposed to like Comic-Con, which no longer even seems like they should call it Comic-Con. They should just call it Nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's like video games. Yeah, whatever we, whatever we can get your money up from convention. But even like the chiller in uh, yeah, Jersey. Jersey in October, which I still go to and I and I will be having a table at this October to, to help to sell a book and to sign the book and stuff. But Blake's got a book out if you guys haven't known. It will be out soon. Yeah. From this, uh, from whenever this posts. It'll be early summer of 2016. For those of you listening to this way in the future. Yeah. It's already discontinued, and you could probably find it maybe in <laughs> the library, you know, at one of those sales. But that one, I mean, it's still a very fun convention, but it's, you know, packed with mostly... Chiller. Yeah, the chiller. Mostly, like, non-horror celebrities and, you know, like, the be- like the monkeys are there. Right? Whoever they can get, basically. Yeah. It's much, much more just, like, pop culture icon. Who's on that circuit. Yeah. Whereas the Monster Palooza very much still has its heart in the horror place. I, I don't know if it's because it's in L.A., but very much geared towards makeup and and masks and makeup effects. There's demonstrations going on all over the place where yeah. there's, like, women with, like, their tits hanging out with, like, just pasties on, getting crazy, like, you know, uh, makeup being put on them. And Well, that's, uh, a, that's an art now with them doing those whole body... Um you know, that's the, uh, yeah. you know, looking like they're wearing something, but they're not. But then from a certain angle, it looks like they're wearing something. There's a little bit but of they're co- not. <laughs> there's a little bit of cosplay going on, but not as much as the comic book conventions that yeah. I've been to. And then there's like, you it's know. It's hard to do horror cosplay. You've only got a well, limited yeah. amount of I mean, people do it. Zombies. I mean, and there are some really creative ones, but it's, you know, like sexy Freddy Krueger. <laughs> and stuff like that. That's a niche. <laughs> that's a niche. I like that. Um, and, uh. There's a lot of like panels or presentations, and most of those are makeup related. Now, is it expensive? You're dropping down. I mean, even to get in. I mean, it's a, see, it's like it seems like initially, hey, let's go to the convention, but then you got to pay the door fee. You got to pay probably like thirty bucks to get in. And then you got. I bought the three day pass because I didn't know when I was going to be able to go. Yeah. I was just like, this way I have the option to go Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. I'll go as I please, and the three day pass was like ten dollars more than two days. So Do you have to pay extra to get to see these panels. 
No, the panels were included, but of course, if you want to like get your picture taken or get something signed, that costs money by people. So anybody you want to go s- walk up to, you have to pay money for them to sign something. Because when we've gone to the comic book yeah, conventions, that's way back in the day, yeah. Uh, the, well, fair, the recent comic yeah, book, yeah. usually you can you could you buy something off their table. So usually they'll they'll sell you because they have something fucking awesome on the table. Like, oh, I want that sign, and that's ten dollars. Okay, sure. But yeah, now yeah. there's a fee where. Well, pretty much, yeah. It's a fee even if you have something of your own. Yeah. Um, and if you want a picture, there's a fee. And I'm not really a an autograph kind of guy. Yeah. I go up and I get them, and I get them for friends. Yeah. Um, but there were so many people that were in movies that we've talked about on the show. You couldn't help but that I was like, I should just, I need to go up and I need to get pictures with these people. <laughs> did you say that to him? Like, hey, did you listen to our episode? About- I didn't, but you should say that to him. In this vein, I have presents. You have presents. Which is, this is also the sound of when you're at the movies these days. <laughs> People bringing their bags and stuff. What do you got? Because I don't know. This is all, uh, I this don't know what's going on. This is all surprise. I'm surprising yeah, it's, Dion. With, it's all a surprise. With presents. I should put my pants back on. I'm going to get these plastic bags out of the way. Because it was raining when you came over here. What do you have here? So we'll start with, I brought you a, a Monster Palooza program. Oh, wow. Look at this. It has a werewolf on it. <laughs> photo by Steve Jennings. Now, uh, in the middle, there's Aurora a... Aurora Wolfman. A, there's a... Is this a Aurora? Is that Aurora? Aurora. <laughs> is that the models? The model? No, wolf? this oh. is a this is a sculpture that, sculpture that makes these amazing sculptors. But this is a Holy shit. No wimps. Wow. You got me... Um, from the Warriors, Ajax. What's his name? Um, James Remar. That's so awesome from Warriors. Wow, and it's a picture of him giving that snazzy lip upturned <laughs> kind of look. S- he's all sweaty. He's all sweaty. <laughs> a lot of homoerotic. Like we goes right back to a Warriors cast. It's just a Dion. No wimps. Three exclamation he points. He was like emphasize. the most expensive person, by the way. Oh, for fuck's fuck sake. But I wanted to get a picture for the site. That's all nice. And then this is something. Is this going up on the site? We're going to put this up? We'll put we'll that up on the site. Scan this son of a bitch in. And this is something special, very special. Lance Henriksen yeah. has written a book. <laughs> if people don't know who Lance Henriksen is out there, you better ask somebody. And hell, Jesus, the the, the cover photo of that book it is, is it's like it, yeah, it's that's another awesome, one we're right? gonna we'll have to put include like this in the cast. Yeah, and he so, draw that himself. I don't think he it's called it. not not bad for a human, and that probably has something to do with his um, aliens. I would yeah, say a- that. playing bishop and aliens. And then here. Wow. An autographed copy of... Dion. Uh, we are a tribe. We are a tribe. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I've met a lot of famous people in my mm-hmm. life, and I've seen them write a lot of things, and it's always trying to... F- it's funny trying to ask people what to write. And, you know, I talk to people who sign books, and they say, you know, you sign 3,000 books a day. Your signature goes from the best thing in the world to just a scribble. Yeah, yeah. And then they always have a line to sign, and I've never heard anyone say, we are a tribe. Well, I, yeah, he said, well, he's like, I got wow. two. I very rarely do. You've I, spent money on this, too. Yeah, this is, yeah. I feel horrible. Very rarely do I get an autograph for myself. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. Lance Henderson wrote a book. So I got one for myself. And you have two signatures here. Let's it's not the, underplay this. It's the, it's the, it's the, the co-author. He, yeah, the guy that he wrote it with. Yeah, Joseph uh, Madry. Uh, he's kind of scribbles like an app. Can I can I sign that too? Laughter talk. So wow. I, so I go up to. We're not bad for a human by Lance Henriksen and Joseph Matry. Looks like it's this brand new. Uh yeah, brand spank. I don't. It's not even on Amazon. I got a blur by uh, Max Brooks, author of World War Z, which we just talked about. Rue Morgue, another guy. Wow, not even on Amazon yet. So I go up to get this. And I was like, I'll take two copies. I said, you know, write the first one out to Dion. And 2011. Who would have known? It's been oh. out for a little bit. <laughs> I guess it has but this, been out But this could while. be the hardcover edition because you did get me a, a hardcover. So maybe they could be in paperback by now. But Bloody anyway. Pulp Books put it out. So look for Bloody Pulp Books. 
Anyway. So I said to him, I said, can you Thank sign you. this? Sign the f- no problem. I thought you, there's somebody was going to appreciate that. <laughs> Lance Henderson. <laughs> well, I tell you, my wife, you sent me pictures of, of you with Lance Henderson. My wife was like, that is fucking awesome. And I had to text you like, <laughs> big thumbs up on Lance. Sorry. But the, the tribe thing comes from, he's like, you know. <laughs> Did he grab your head when he took the You he's know, like, for this book, is, you know, if you're an actor. He say, he's saying this to you? You know, it's like this, you know, actors, they're, they're a tribe and. You know, all the, you know, everybody here today at the convention, you know, we're all a tribe. <laughs> so that's what, that's where the, I have to say, mine th- says to like, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say that was a pretty gnarly, uh, Lance Henderson and per- you got in the zone there and then you put your hands out. So I had the impression that he grabbed you by your, your temples and well, said, well, you saw the picture. You are he a tribe. His arm yes. around me. And he looks like, Ugh. How's he doing now, Somebody nowadays? was like, "Is the line was the line really long?" And the truth was, the line for Lance, yeah, the line wasn't like incredibly long, at least when I was there. But it moved really slowly because he's fucking awesome, and he takes like ten minutes with, with every person. single person. And of course, people he's who like showing people shit on their phone fa- on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, for people who like are really into him, they're they've been waiting all their lives to talk to him. So, I mean, we remember we we bored St- Tom Savini to death one year yeah, at a convention yeah. where he was like, "Guys, you got to get away from my table." <laughs> you know, I'm trying to trying to make money. Here, I'm trying to make a living. And uh, oh, that's just freaking awesome! I'm just I'm browsing through the program. Of, Obviously, uh, a lot of those pictures are, for, I guess, from last year. Yeah, that's a hell of a turnaround. They were able to put these <laughs> before the before the convention even starts. I'm sure one day they'll be able to do that. But yeah, you have a lot of stuff here: Men in Black, uh, a lot. Of, yeah, you're right. It's a lot of special effects. Bela Lugosi. You have a bust from They Live. You have uh, Ken Foray. Yeah, well, part from of it is they have like the two. Dead. They have like two rooms which are like a museum, and people like lend statues, and like Clive Barker lent. You know, a few paintings. And uh, so it's a big room where it's like you walk through and there's statues of Fo- Uncle Forey, Forrest Ackerman. And <clears throat> Which we just talked about Forrest Ackerman on the cast not too long ago. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty impressive. And these were all the people here? Guest signing. Jesus. Fred and Williamson. There must be another room. Casper Van Dyne. Tom Savini. Catherine Mary Stewart. Oh, yeah, she was there. Wow. With, I'd never seen her with she a, with got, a the, Uzi. The only thing I got uh, an autograph for, other than the book for myself, is I bought their uh, uh, last uh, Starfighter record of the soundtrack, and I got her, Lance Guest, and Nick Castle. This is actually horrible that that it has a China was supposed to be there. Did China, China pa- did she a- she passed she, away? She passed away before it, yeah. But she passed away the Thursday before. So did, does that mean she, was she? Was she at? Did she die in the hotel room where you were? I don't think so. I think she had died before I went out there. Oh, did she? Okay, yeah. I'm thinking out because I'm thinking maybe she died at, at the <coughs> event. Because a lot of people were staying in the hotel that I stayed at, like Basil Gogos and uh, who we love. Boris Karloff's daughter stayed in the hotel I was at. And um, geez, Clint Howard, uh, Bill Worth, <laughs> Lost Boys. Oh, the, yeah. So tell us your Bill Wor- Worth story. Worth. Worth. Bill Worth. Yeah. W i r t h. So my, uh, the body thing, snatchers and lost boys. One of the reasons why I went out there, and I like under these pictures <coughs> they have the table number. He's going to be at table three sixty nine yeah, all weekend, then, so you get to find. Yeah, oh, there's, and a, there's like a key. There's a template of who, so you can find out like where it so is. So that's that. That means this is big. Yeah, it's in a big convention center. And in fact, I guess it was the first year it was there because it used to be a hotel, and it's kind of outgrown. Of course, it the looks hotel. like. Jeez, it. it looks like I just want to go back for this. So I walk out Friday night, 
one of the th- reasons, one of the main reasons I went out there was to partake in a dinner for the up for the upcoming Holly Har- uh, Hollywood Horror Museum, and uh, I was going to be going. I went to this dinner with some of the people that I interviewed for my book, um, specifically Harry Manfredini, who scored. Uh, most of the Friday the 13th movies and the house movies and um, all you know tons of movies uh, Joseph Bashara who scored the upcoming Conjuring 2 as well as the Insidious movies and the first Conjuring so I went there to kind of meet with these people meet with people network also just catch up with a lot of people that I interviewed so I was going out because the dinner that I was going to go to was very was near the convention center. So I was going to swing by the convention center before I went to the dinner just to see what was doing. So I'm walking out, and there's this uh, guy out front of the hotel. I want to say he was smoking a cigarette, but I don't. if he doesn't smoke, I don't want to put that, you know, out there. Um, but I was walking, and he's like, hey, man, you know where the convention center is? You know you're eating worms, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it's, you know, it's down this. If you go down like three blocks, because I got there on Thursday. I got there like a day early, and I had nothing to do on a Thursday afternoon. So I just walked around Pasadena. There's also like an outdoor mall. I went to the movies. One of my favorite things is to go places <laughs> and just go to a movie theater. And that, and that so you can you can. So I went to the Arclight Movie Theater, which is an awesome movie theater. But I don't know if they're all this way. What'd you see? Um, it's more of like a art movie theater so I saw um, Everybody Wants Some the new Richard Linkletter movie and then I also saw Elvis and Nixon oh okay yeah um, but uh, so I was like yeah I'm, and he's like oh so are you, are you walking that way I was like yeah I'm walking I'm walking the convention. so he's like can I walk with you so we're walking and I'm kind of did like did you recognize him at no, first no but yeah. I just like this guy looks for him. he looks like an actor I yeah, mean yeah. he's beautiful even yeah. even now that he's probably like in his he's probably like 15 yeah but he looks still like he's <laughs> yeah, I mean he's a good looking dude yeah he's, we're in LA so and you, that's you as a heterosexual like yeah this is a good looking guy you know why I, not I, credit I, where credit's due <laughs> I'd do him yeah and uh, and uh, so he's like oh are you part of the convention or are you just going I was like well I'm, you know I, I'm just going but I wrote a book, and uh, so I was telling him about the book, and I showed him the cover, and he's like, oh, that's really cool. And and uh, I don't remember how it came out, but... Um, I'm a vampire. <laughs> but it came out that he was in Lost Boys. Yeah. He's one of the... <laughs> that's what Dion's alluding to. <laughs> is that... Uh, and he also... He was in... Uh, and we were talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He's in Body Snatchers, which is that, I think, Abel Ferrara, Ferrara early 90s. Somehow we, we got talking about... Um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And we're like, like, I love how that you, you, you hit two topics that like, <laughs> you know, he's in a Body Snatchers movie for, for some reason you're like, you know, speaking of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. <laughs> well, that's how we got talking. Yeah, it was like somehow we're talking about, it's like, you know, is that, you know, we're talking about like, is that horror? Is that sci-fi? I mean, it was like a 15 minute walk. Yeah. So I had this like long walk with this guy. Uh, super nice, obviously. And, uh, and so like, the the hotel wasn't near the venue, but it sounds like a lot of people It was people like a were, couple blocks away. It was like three blocks down, two But it sounds over. like a lot of people had to use your hotel maybe yeah, because rooms yeah. were scant. There is a closer hotel, but this one was like linked. They've got like the group rate or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he directed a movie in like 2001 
uh, called MacArthur Park, I think, and he was telling me about a new movie. I think I've heard of MacArthur Park. He went to like Sundance and whatnot, and uh, he's telling me he was telling me all about a new movie that he's going to direct now. So pleasant conversation with Billy Ware. <laughs> so how did what happened so with the, walk, so as we parted ways? But what happened with the you said it, did it come out? He's like, how did it come out that he's in the Lost Boys? I don't remember. I mean, obviously he must have said it, but did you did it did a like one in your head, or it was only until you I left? I was like, him? oh yeah, I know which guy he is. Yeah, like there's only one like long haired, dark, dark haired uh, vampire in the Lost Boys. Um, I also didn't talk to him about it, but if I recall, I feel like a lot of his stuff got auctioned off recently on uh, one of those au- the auction house where I bought the Gremlin yeah. bust that we've talked about in other um, casts. But, uh, yeah, so I had a nice... And he's like, oh, if you come, if you're in the convention, you know, swing by my table. <laughs> so one of the days when I was over, I just swung by. He's like, Blake, man, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> He's like, you having a good time? Did you get anything autographed for him? I'll, I did. I'll give you this for free. <laughs> I didn't get anything autographed by him. but uh, Was he looking for you? Like, hey, I'm going to push. Maybe we can get an interview with him for, for a sidecast or for when we eventually do the Lost Boys or something. That'll be fun. Um, but, yeah, so that was that. And the dinner was really cool. Got the... It was it you know it didn't end up being all it was cracked up to be. There were supposed to be a lot of people there, but because the Monster Palooza was happening at the same time, a lot of people couldn't make it because they were actually working the convention. Yeah, <clears throat> but I had dinner with. Um, I hope I have her name right. Lisa Wilcox. She's the lead in Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Wow, <laughs> perfectly nice, very nice lady. Yeah, um, looks good. Still hot. Yeah, uh, Brian Yuzna, who produced. Um, you know, some of Stuart Gordon's movies and also directed, like, Bride of Reanimator and Society. Nice guy. And, um, but most of all, I just kind of sat and hung out with Harry and Joseph. Um, we talked about the book. Harry talked a lot about in uh, Friday the 13th, the game, which he's working on right now, the, like, the video game. Which is a, lot, a lot of people are, are very excited about. Because yeah. it was almost like a... He talks like a, a lot about it in the book, but Joseph didn't really know about it. You know, too much. So he was exp- so he Joseph, the guy who did the Conjuring. Yeah, did, Joseph um, Bashar, the composer of the Conjuring movies and Insidious. Insidious. So it was like me and J- Harry were explaining to him how it works because I had already interviewed Harry about it for like you know forty five minutes for the book. Yeah. <laughs> so I know the inner workings of what goes into writing the music for this video game. Um, we talked a lot about the book. They also suggested, which was awesome, that I go check out a store in Burbank called uh, Dark Delicacies, which I'm sure if you're in the, if you're a horror fan in the California, L.A. area, you know of. Um, and I went there on Saturday, took a trip out to Burbank. There's actually a, it's a little strip of road, and there's like halloween town and then down the street is a store that you would have loved which we we would have had a lot of fun walking through together called uh creature features oh really and it's all like glass cases with like sci-fi and horror memorabilia a lot of like you know cinefantastic magazines but also just like toys for like rocketeer shit wow to like you know, not for sale. It's just all like a. Like I think no. mo- I think most of it's probably for sale, if not all of it. Um, 
it was just like total, like not big, but like awesome to kind of walk through. Was some asshole the owner, like one of those kind of like snob guys? I didn't talk to. I didn't talk. Chain to smoking, or reading, no comic. <laughs> what do you want in here with thick glasses? But they had like you know, also you know, obviously like retro, you know, older shit too. Like you know, you know, a lot of King Kong stuff, a lot of the '50s sci-fi stuff, but all the way up through, uh, you know, Batman and Rocket, Batman the movie and yeah. Rocketeer and all that stuff. So I did all that while I was out in Burbank. What was the other place? The, the, the place but, they recommended? But Dark Delicacies is a very cool uh, bookstore. They also sell LPs. They do a lot of signings there. And it's not official. But probably sometime when, after the book comes out, I'm going to go back out there. I'm going to do a signing of the book there. Oh, that's nice. With a bunch of the composers yeah. are, are going to come to it. So it's not official. We're talking about it right now because we also don't have an official release date for the book yet. But yeah. um that was Harry's big suggestion. Was like they were both like you need to go see the store, but Harry's like you should set up a signing there because we'll all come out to it. So I went out and I talked to them, and they had all done sign. They've all done signings there. Signings seem to be like a really big thing for the for the store. So that'll be fun if and when that ever happens to go back out there and do a signing with guys like Harry Manfredini and maybe Joseph Christopher Young, uh, who did Hellraiser and he's done a lot of shit. Um, so that'll be cool. So it was a, a lot of the trip was kind of just like networking and, and meeting with people that I interviewed. I met with the publisher when I was out there because uh, my publishing company's out there. Um, I had dinner with Christopher Young, who's who composed the music for Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2, as well as a million other movies. Spider-Man 3, uh Drag me to hell. See the one you got on with, right? That you that with that. Yeah, he and I through through the interviewing had become pretty good friends, close friends in terms of as close as you can be as I mean, close acquaintances, I should say. Yeah, very friendly. Um, so I had dinner with him on Monday night. We went to a, a nice seafood place in uh, Santa Monica. And Did you rent a car when you were out there? No, I just Ubered around. Okay, I've never which used was a Uber. little expensive, but yeah. it was actually kind of fascinating. Yeah, because you just meet like all these people. <laughs> Why you're sharing cars with them? Well, they pick you up. It's like in a cab, kind of. Yeah, it's just that's through your phone. Yeah, but how I know that, but I mean, how are you? You're meeting people because you're meeting the drivers. Yeah, and, you're oh, just oh, hanging out with the drivers. Okay. Like I sat in the front seat for everybody. Oh, okay. You know, apparently, not a lot of people sit in the back seat because you're used to that. But the very first guy that came to pick me up. Uh, like, as I walked up to the car, like, cleared off his front seat. So I was like, all right, he wants me to sit in the front seat. So it was just, like, driving around with these people yeah. and learning about Well, a lot like, of times I've learned that they don't – some guys, they don't have an official – I guess the, the, to be an Uber guy, you have to be official. But yeah. um, a lot of times if they don't have the proper license, they can get pulled over and they can get a lot of trouble for, for doing this. So that's why they'll put you in the front seat yeah. sometimes. You know, Because if you're in the back, that's like – I've had it where, like, I'm getting dropped off at the airport and they're like, listen – I'm not gonna be able to get your bag for you, but you know, just hug me or just just give me a pound <laughs> when you leave, because then it looks like we're friends. Yeah, dropping you, you off as a yeah, as a bro, yeah. as opposed to like I can't get your bag out for you, you know. So it's funny. I also sometimes where I work, I have to get cars home I, at night. If we stay late, they'll give us a car home, and it's usually like a like a black sedan kind of a car, like a, like from a car company, not a taxi. So you have these people. So I always feel bad, and I get into these discussions with people because I feel bad. Like I'm in the car with these people for 25 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to say something to them. Yeah. And people are like, why are you talking to them? I'm like, well, because I'm in the car with them. And it's like, what do you want to do? I was stuck in traffic. For, I mean, L.A. traffic. Yeah. Fucking rush hour, hour and a half. Yeah, with with the, one of the guys. He so was from like, Armenia. He's telling me all about the Armenian genocide. 
yeah. 15. I mean, I, when, when, when Rambo 3 came, not Rambo 3, when Rambo 4 came out, I had a guy from Burma in the cab. and or the, It wasn't a cab, it was a town car. Uh, and he was he was going off about how it's illegal. If you get Rambo 4, they arrest you, they put you in jail. And it's so true that happened there. And thank God for Sylvester Stallone. So you get these people and just, they go off on, the, yeah, on yeah. politics or whatever. Oddly enough, I had two drivers from Armenia, two guys from Indonesia. Yeah. It was just like it was a very interesting. Yeah, it's really weird that the people you get as now nowadays, in the old days you always hear like the wisest person that doesn't run for city office would be a cab driver, but now the cab drivers have been completely And it's funny because you take a, ca- a cabbie like in a yellow cab and then you take the people in like a Uber car or the in a car service and they just shit on the yellow cabs. They're like they're stupid, they don't know what they're doing, they don't know how to drive, they're bullshit, yeah. you know, and then you usually get like Middle Eastern, uh, a lot of like Chinese or Asian Americans, and a lot of like you know, the, the, and it's funny you think people are prejudiced in this country. You should talk to these ca- these cabs, <laughs> but there are prejudices, and you're like Jesus Christ, you yeah, shouldn't talk yeah. like that, you know. So, so I mean, in a way, the Uber driving it, it ended up being kind of expensive because if you're like around rush hour or whatever, you're stuck in a car, and also it's like if everybody's trying to get an Uber car, yeah. then the price goes up. Oh really? Yeah. Do you like, use Uber in the city? Here? I've never used it. Here. I never oh, so used it till I went out there. Oh, so you got the app while you're out there? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because uh, everybody uses it here, and they're like, "Why don't you use Uber?" I'm like, "I don't want to use Uber. Don't well, force it on me." Yeah. It's like, well, how, you know, I can walk wherever the hell I want, and then <laughs> my job gives me a car home. I don't need to reimburse it. I'll yeah. just give, let them give me the car home. Well, I would imagine it must be much more useful in places like LA, where everything's spread out. I mean, in New York City, I know people that use it, but yeah, New York City is made on a grid system, so you can get around. Where in LA, they never even bothered to think about yeah, making yeah. some sort of system for you getting around. But and in mass way, transit sucks as in well. In a way, it was like the Uber, just driving around with these people was kind of some of the most interesting <laughs> things I did out there. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you were able to get all around. So you didn't stay you didn't stay with the whole you didn't stay with the little old lady from Pasadena the entire time you were in Pasadena. You went no, around no, to, Did wouldn't. you go back to Glendale where we stayed? I was contemplating going back to Glendale. Apparently Glendale is a very big Armenian community <laughs> according to the Armenian driver. And we ate a Mexican. We ate at five we ate at a, at a uh, I was going to say five guys. We ate at an In-N-Out burger and we ate at a uh, I was thinking about going back um to the bookstores? To the bookstores. Uh, there was one day where I was like looking it up, like, where is it? Because it's not very far from Pasadena. Glendale's like the next town over. Oh, okay. Um, and there was also some movie theaters there. So I was, and I was like, yeah. now Burger. I was thinking about... There's a mall, right? Yeah. So I was thinking about going the gallery there, but <laughs> I was like, I should, you know, check, check out, out, check stuff, out yeah. other stuff, like the Burbank, which is also not very far, but the bookstore in Burbank and... And whatnot. Did you do any Hollywood like Walk of Fame or like Chinese theater? Or? I'll tell you the things I did. I was going to try to go see a movie at the Chinese theater, but um, the things I did do, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be out there. What are the things in my off time that I'm going to be interested in? So I did like, I did three studio tours. Yeah. Also, because one of the things I wanted to do was out, well, while I was out there was shoot footage because I'm working on a development reel to do, trying to develop a show. That has to do with travel. So I wanted to shoot uh, footage to cut this reel together. Yeah, B-roll stuff, and so I was like, that you know, some of these tours would be would be a fun thing to shoot some footage at, as well as the Monster Palooza. Like I just first day was like I just had like my GoPro around. I didn't even really spend that much time the first day, other than a couple of the signings, paying attention, and then I went back on Sunday and kind of paid more attention to what was going on. So I just I shot a lot of footage for this reel while I was out there, and I thought the um, the studio tours one would be something I'd be interested in. 
two would be a good opportunity to shoot some stuff, even though I discovered you're not supposed to shoot video there. But so I didn't bring the GoPro to any of them except for the Universal tour, which you could shoot video, and the rest was just which which tour sneaking sneaking video <laughs> with my DSLR camera. Um, first uh, Friday morning, I did the Paramount tour. Yeah, four hours long, um, and it's much more of like a very you know a serious tour. It was it was really interesting. They take you all through the studio. They take you into. Uh, a soundstage to see like the set of a show which you're not allowed to shoot and they tell you what show it was but or? unfortunately the, sh- the ones I got were Dr. Phil and the Doctors mm, okay uh, sounds like an awesome band <laughs> but there are two studios because it's produced by the same people so they're in two sound stages right next to each other and the most depressing thing about it uh, and I'm you know not to disperse people uh, to Dr. Phil and people that are fans of Dr. Phil but that those two studios were the studios that The Godfather was shot in. Yeah. And that now for like the last 10 years, it's been the home of Dr. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a daytime <laughs> talk show. You know, that's where like the, the guy... Time, who, that's how the time That's changed. where the guy like pulls the sheet, oh, you know, and there's a horse head in the Spoiler alert. In the back. Yeah. You know, that, that was shot in those studios, but now it's a daytime talk show for Dr. Phil. Yeah. So that was a kind of depressing. But um, Paramount Tour was cool. We got to see... Uh, the archive, which was a you know like oh nobody gets to see the archive. Well, I want to. I should also uh, preface this with that I did like the deluxe and VIP tours. Like I, I shelled out the extra cash to do like the big the real fucking tour. Yeah. Um, not to disparage people that go on like the two hour tour, but I was like I'm going to be out there. Who knows? I'll probably never go back. Yeah. Even if I'm in LA, I'm not going to do this again. So I'm just gonna. I'm going to drop, like, $1,000 and just do all these, like, super deluxe tours. Yeah. Um, so that was the shortest one and the cheapest one. Recommended if you're into movies. Um, got the, the archive. But the archive, it's cool to go in, but the archive when you walk in is just, like, a refrigerated room full of videotapes and, and film cans. Okay. I see. Like, <laughs> you know, you just kind of walk around, and you're like, you see, like, a film can that says, like, Running Man. You're like, sweet. <laughs> You know, like... Is it behind glass? <laughs> no, it's just like they're in a room. Know, they're on like a shelf? You know, and it's like a film can that says like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And but it's you like, can't touch it and take, you can't like take it out and like yeah. put it down. And start, <laughs> start pulling the reel out, looking at the frame. <laughs> looking at the frame, look at that. It's, it's, and then it's like, and then you'll see like the TV version, the French version, blah, 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 like all on a thing together. Yeah. But yeah. there's no like real rhyme or reason to it unless you know... How, unless you work there, it's not like everything's in alphabetical order. And you're like, I'm looking for Barbarella. Yeah, and you, you go like, I'll go to the B. Do they have someone in there? Just like you know, some security guard they hire that's actually playing on their phone, and they're supposed to be you know. No, I mean, there's people that work in the archive, but there was no one in that room. So you, I mean, you can just pocket anything you want. Yeah, like, I guess you, pro- you guess you could have. I don't think any. Of it sounds like it's like <laughs> a uh, what do you call that movie, The Ocean's Eleven, where you're like you're trying to get the footage from like you know, so you bring a splicer and you. <laughs> You're trying to get the uh, the un, you know. Yeah, I need you to distract. We got like the yeah. earbuds in. Yeah, and you're trying to like get from frame 425 to frame 682 of the lost sequence. And get to see the costume shop, which was cool. Yeah. Um, see all this stuff. I remember when I went to apartment. when I went to Disneyland back in the day. I mean, I went to Disneyland, Jesus, uh, over 20 years ago, even probably more, 25 years ago for MGM Studios, which is now Hollywood Disney Studio World. Disney you went to Florida. Right? Florida is that World? Yeah. Okay. So I went to Disney World in Florida. And it's, it was MGM. It t- became Hollywood. And then now I hear they're knocking it all down to put Star Wars there. So oh, it's like, 
it sucks because like when it, back when it was MGM, you went on all these. They had all these tours. You get to go to the animation studio, and at the time, they were like drawing like Lion King. They're like, here's our new movie coming up, Lion King, and you're yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck is that called? You know, or uh, Beauty and the Beast. And so it's like, it's nice to see all the. You know, I remember them going through the prop studio, or they had like the the bee from. Um, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and to do the special effects, they picked me out, and I got to sit on the B. <laughs> yeah. Then they did the rear screen projection. Hey, it looks like he's really act like you're flying around, and then they put like the the background behind. So now that's all gone. So it's nice that they still keep that. I mean, you know, for these kind of tours. But I yeah, w- but I mean, the Paramount tour is cool. I mean, we got to see like their main screening room, which is like a giant, like beautiful movie theater with like airline seats with like all the room you could fucking use and is it open to the public for screenings or that's just for like VIPs you can, before um, they uh, you know people that work there and like they'll get screenings like people that work there can see screenings like every week of like the new movie coming out or even like other studios other than Warner Brothers for some reason they don't have a deal with Warner Brothers you can see like the new Universal movie or whatever so it's like people and you have to sign up for it apparently it's first come first serve but also like Michael Bay will rent will sign out that theater to screen the new you know Transformers <laughs> I love how it's just, and whatnot. you know for when you get on that level like of a Michael Bay all you're doing is just walking up to the clipboard and being like um can I have this theater for oh you have it next week I'm gonna have <laughs> I'm gonna put my name down for uh, in a party of uh, 1500 you know what's cool though is like the history of it because it's like RKO they, they, they bought RKO so you see where RKO was so stage 19 is where they shot Citizen Kane and you uh, think it let you go into that kind of thing, or um, no, we didn't go into that one. Did they tell you what's going on there, like what they're shooting? I mean, in maybe, general, maybe I don't yeah. remember what. Um, but also, it was like Desi Lu was over there because uh-huh. they took over our RKO, part of RKO. So you're like, this was Lucy's office, kind of yeah. like when we went to the Disney tour. Yeah. We, the first time we, when we went to, we were talking about earlier three years ago. We went to LA. We did this the first sidecast. One of the things we did were out there was we went on a private. Like an actual private tour of Burbank of the Disney, Disney Studios in Burbank, not like a tour that you can like this one where you pay to go on. It's yeah. like we we got brought on like a private tour, and they're like this window right here was Walt's window, and that was like awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and they had like that. Yeah, we went through that. Anime. I mean, that's a whole. Yeah, that we went through. Uh, we got to the cafeteria, we walked around the studio sets. We saw the original bungalow from the uh, the Hypernian uh, original studios that they brought over the original animation studios we went through the the animated building that they animated up until I think um, I don't know what what year Lure maybe Lure 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 made uh, and then the, the the ADR rooms the sound studios yeah, yeah. the sound stages that they that they erected for 20,000 leagues under the sea which they still use so the this, water tank the tours I went on were for the most part, very much like that, except for more of like an official version of that. Yeah. You know, like, so you, you know, it's a little. Here we just like walked around with somebody that used to work there, and they were kind of telling us where things were <laughs> and what was. How done. big was your t- your, your people? Uh, the group for Paramount was maybe nine. Yeah. Um, and so, and then we, it kind of ends with lunch, or and then you go, you know, towards the end. Towards the end, you go to, to lunch. That was fun with for us, though. I loved eating at yeah, the actual. Yeah, we ate the commissary. We yeah. had to, the actual Disney commissary that, like, Walt. Everything there was Walt designed himself, which is. I love these people who are, like, so highly intelligent that it's like, Walt designed this for. And it's every thing that was. Even, like, the silverware design is because Walt had it for a reason that's now. Yeah, you know, he's a yeah. genius, you know. So we to go in there and eat, you know, we're eating at Walt's table <laughs> with, like, mouse ears on. Which <laughs> 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 is great. <laughs> I mean, that tour was awesome, but since it was kind of unofficial, 
it was a little more, and it was a working, it's a place of business yeah. without a tour. Yeah. That, so we were around the, the. So it was like, it was cool, but it was like a little less in depth than the kind of thing. Yeah. Here it's like it's scheduled, you know, it's a planned out. They were sneaking this around, remember? Yeah. We shot all footage for that. Remember, we did, we did yeah. still, and we should, we should make ourselves that action packed DVD that we were going to have. So we'd have. Well, the, now we have the other tours too. We could do the. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get them in the, production. The California tours. Let's get them in production. Yeah, it's like our Perillo tours. <laughs> Remember me, the Italian? No. <laughs> we have, we have the, all this footage just we'll probably get sued for. So Paramount was cool. It was like four hours long. Uh, Monday I did Universal, like VIP experience, which on the surface sounds awesome. And it was cool, but Universal, the Universal tour is way, it's really expensive. It's like six hours long, except for the last half of the day is just like doing the theme park, which is you get like the, you get to go to the front of the line and stuff. But it was like, that's not really what I was there for. I wasn't there to go on rides. Yeah. You know, it would have been maybe been more fun had like I'd been there with a friend yeah. or something. But to just be like the one weirdo who's not there with like kids. <laughs> Getting to the front of the line <laughs> with your fanny pack and all your, and all your cameras. <laughs> <laughs> and even the tour itself is very like. Uh, and your Universal Monster shirt. <laughs> is very like uh, theme park-ish. You know, it's like um, it's it's you know the people doing the tour are actors, as opposed to the other two tours I went on, uh, like the Paramount tour, for instance, was done by like a Paramount page who you know wants to work in the industry and and stuff. So it was much more commercialized. Yeah, and it was fun, and, but it's like it's also like you go into like Snake or you know whatever the island that whatever uh, Lost like the Children, King, like the King Kong. There's oh. like a King Kong thing where you you're, Skull Island, you're, yeah, Skull Island. You pull into like a tra- <laughs> land from Lost Misfits, <laughs> Misfit Toys. You pull into like a the tram. Your tram like pulls into a thing, and then it turns into like a motion ride with 3D glasses, and like Kong's beating the crap out of like Tyrannosaurus Rexes, around you. and that's part of like the studio tour. So even though it was the most expensive, it was ended up being my least favorite of yeah. the tours because it was just not what I was in them, not really what I was looking for. Um, but I could shoot video and like I did the like the Jurassic Park like water ride, which is you know kind of like a overrated like I mean not overrated but like a more intense like log flume basically. <laughs> but I brought my uh, <laughs> I haven't watched the footage yet, but I did bring my GoPro on it with a water case with a water safe case. So might have some good footage of going down like the fucking like ninety foot. Are drop. you wearing the GoPros every time you're using a GoPro? Like when you no, walk I around was the... just kind of pointing at things. Yeah. I also bought one where you I bought like an attachment where you can has a screen so you can actually see what you're shooting. Oh okay. So I just used it more like a regular camera. Yeah. Um Harry Potter land just opened there, so that was a big deal. And I did do a quick walkthrough. I actually left that tour early because it was like the rest of the day was like, we're going to go to Despicable Me land. Yeah. Which is like, okay. <laughs> Simpson land, which is, you know, that's fine, but it's like you're going there to go on a ride. I would have rather just like walked around it and yeah. kind of like experienced it. So I did a little bit of walking around. I did walk through the Harry Potter world, which is very cool. I mean, it's like, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan, but it was like, it is like walking into that movie or those books or whatever. Yeah. So it's very neat, especially um, for somebody who loves. Yeah, that. if you love it. I mean, there was a lo- there was like little girls. Uh, there was, a- and that's the thing is like, that's also the tour, the Universal tour, because of what it was, uh, allowed like the youngest kids 
for the most part, like the Paramount tour, the Warner Brothers tour, you had to be like 12 or 13. Yeah. So there was like a little girl with like her Harry Potter tie on. <laughs> you know, she, they were there to see She got her wand. <laughs> it's like lightning bolt, lightning bolt. Um, but it was fun. I mean, that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the Warner Brothers tour was probably my favorite. I did that on Tuesday. I was leaving Tuesday night on the Red Eye home. So I was like, screw it. I checked out. Checked my bag at the hotel so because I, I didn't want to carry luggage around all day. I went to the Warner Brothers tour. That was also like six hours, but more like the Paramount tour. It's like you're just walking through and driving through Warner Brothers. Uh, and the tour guide was awesome, and she just she was really knowledgeable. They talk about the kind of shit you're into before the tour starts so that she knows how to cater the tour. She's like, if nobody's into this, I'm not going to spend like 15 minutes talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I'll talk about the stuff that you guys are into. Um, backlot there, and that was the other thing was like the Mindy Project was playing, was shooting on the backlot of the Universal tour, so we couldn't even go really see a lot oh, of the backlot. That's that's hugely popular. The Mindy. I mean, Project. I got to get my picture in front of the Bates House, which yeah. was cool. The you know at the Bates Motel, and uh, is that the one for the show? No, I think it's the one. The, it might be, but I, I think it's the one that they used for the for the movie. Oh, really? Even okay. though it's not, a, even though I don't think it's a universal picture, I think they shot on the back lot of Universal. That's the other thing that you yeah, just, that, universal that you learn is that like they all the studios shoot at all the other studios' places. They just rent the space. Yeah, they have nowadays. If they yeah, whatever they can accommodate. Um, I mean, even back in the day, like you know, like right now, I think it's Warner Brothers. One of them is the only one that still has, like, a, maybe it's Universal. One of them is the only one that still has, like, a Western town. Yeah. So if you're going to shoot, like, you just need, like, some pickups or something of, like, Western people on a Western street. Even if you're not, like, a Universal, even if you don't use work for Universal, that's where you would go to shoot it. You just rent the, yeah, the, 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 the that town. part of the lot for, for a day or however many days you, you need it for. Or the sound stages. Yeah. So even though, like... You know, obviously Warner Brothers, Paramount, they have like, or Universal, they all have their own lots and their own back lots and their own sound stages. You find out as you do the tour that so many of them, they all kind of shoot at, at each other's. Yeah, I wonder studios. who Hitchcock was because I remember when I went 25 years ago down to Florida, they had the Universal Studios and it was huge. They had this huge Hitchcock installation where you oh, go yeah. into the ride and you have like, they did these various games of like, rear window, can you spot, you know, which yeah. the murder yeah, is? Really this. Cool. I remember that. And they had the house there too. And they would show you some of Stand here Dialing and you, for Murder in 3D because yeah. that was originally shot. You know, or the, how they did the ending of, um, what's the one where the, where the, uh, with the Statue of Liberty? Yeah, and they fall off and they show you how they did the, the they did the stunt of, um, you know, him, you know, falling off the yeah. uh, the 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 arm. Well, for instance, Universal doesn't own Harry Potter, but yet that's where Harry Potter World is for like for the. Isn't there one in Florida? Too, like, like Warner Brothers one? owns Harry Potter, but yeah, yeah, Universal Studios is where there's they have like they just. So that must be the Florida one as well. The universe they must have yeah. one in Florida at Universal Studios. So of they Harry just Potter like World. licensed. Harry yeah. Potter. <laughs> well, so see, the, the, like I just said about the MGM Studios, it's kind of sad that like the MGM or the Hollywood Studios is now being relegated and torn down to say make a whole transfer. I mean, am I, am I the only one in the world who doesn't really? I mean, it's cool to have a Star Wars theme park, but I don't want it to to, to completely pave over everything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be cool. Okay, knock down. Not, I wouldn't say knock down a rainforest, but knock down, <laughs> knock down a strip knock mall. Down the ra- Knock you know? down the rainforest. Put it there. Yeah, I mean, t- take down a strip mall and put the put a brand new Star Wars. Don't just 
you know, pave over, you know, you're, you're paving over probably two dozen worth of movies and and these crate tours that, you know, when I went on that that uh, MGM one, I saw like the back lots of like, you know, Dick Tracy, all yeah, the cars, yeah. the animation, like I said, the yeah, you know, the, the MGM costumes. tour, the MGM stuff in, at Disney was cool. That was always my favorite part. You know? I mean, they had like a little Star Wars thing, the Star Tours. Yeah, Star Tours was fun with the big ad ad up there. I didn't need a lot, you know, Body <laughs> Wars at the Epcot Center. You know, that was all fun, you know. But now it's going to be like, I, I, to me, it seems just like it's over. I guess Disney now owns it. So well, Also, like MGM, I don't think exists anymore. Like no. The actual MGM lot is now the Sony lot. Yeah, they probably bought it out. That's probably what, why it, from MGM it went to Hollywood Studios. Yeah. And then, you know, they're like, shit, you know, with the big old water tank. Yeah. So um, and then 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 what? That's now we're going. We're so Warner Brothers tour. Yeah, yeah. I mean the Warner Brothers. That's, that was the, that was my. If you're going to go on one tour, yeah. While you're out there, if you're going to L.A., the L.A. area, I would say Warner Brothers tour. And these are all it's pricey kind of too. Middle, right? You said they're all a little pricey. I'll say, full disclosure, Paramount tour was like almost two hundred bucks for four hours. Universal tour was almost four hundred bucks for six hours. And the Paramount tour is right in the middle. It's like almost three hundred. Oh, because you were just said I spent like a thousand dollars. Like Jesus, well, like really like putting out like money. <laughs> no, I'm saying for one tour, I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> no, no, I've said combined. Big spender. <laughs> All the tours <laughs> yeah. added up to like almost a thousand bucks. That's okay. There though. you eat like in the commissary at the Warner Brothers. Do, the dudes like in like you always hear like there's guys in, like space masks. And, no, know, there wasn't like, any of that. But like the guy that runs the television department of Warner Brothers was eating there and having like a lunch meeting. Uh, John Stamos was there eating <laughs> lunch, having like a lunch meeting with somebody. Um, Hi, John. <laughs> apparently, there's two parts. There's like a restaurant, and then there's like more of a cafeteria. We ate in like in the restaurant section. I love the uh, Fuller Fuller House. Fuller, Fuller yeah, House. well, that's where they're shooting it. They're shooting oh. Fuller House there. And we saw the exterior of the f- of the house. What's her face is gorgeous. I complete a side now. You see what's her face nowadays? Which one? The the younger girl. Uh, not the Olsen twins, but the oh, yeah, middle like one. Stephanie. Jeez, Louise. Candace Cameron. She's still holding. She's it gorgeous. Too. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah, uh, yeah. She yeah. Uh. But uh, yeah, it was cool. We saw like the went on the set of like two broke girls. Um. But it was also like driving around, and she's like, "Oh, did anybody watch Chuck or whatever?" And there was a show that I just watched on Netflix recently, and we're like, "This is where they shot this." And apparently, the Chuck for pe- people that were into the show Chuck. That got canceled a few years ago. Apparently, those people, were, the people on that show, were awesome. Apparently, according to the tour guide, that like if they saw the tram going by, they'd jump on it with you, and like do the tour <laughs> with you if they had time. You always hear that in the old <laughs> days. I remember reading the Ernest Borgnine biography. They would say, and then I've talked to actually people. Like I talked to a guy that I work with that he said he went on back in the day the Hollywood tour, and he said wherever they were shooting McHale's Navy, that they'd have the PT boat like at the dock. And then for some reason, I guess part in, in part of the contract for some of the lesser-known actors, the B actors on that, was that you'd have to hang out during the day. So if a tour went by, you're like, oh, hey, you want to come <laughs> on the boat? And, and I've always heard, like, you know, like, so if they were – and I heard that with Borgnine. If a tour is going by, he'd get on the tour. And, I mean, how cool is that if you're a nice guy? That, that'll make – you know, for somebody who lives in a landlocked state yeah, who's yeah. never – Met anyone and famous. apparently, also with Chuck, they were one of the few shows that would give you permission at the tour to like watch them shoot, as long as obviously you weren't in the way of the yeah, shot. Yeah. Because that show specifically had gotten canceled like every year, and then it was like the fans of that show with writing campaigns and stuff that kept that show on for as long as it was on. So they were like, "What is it? A Netflix show?" No, it was on NBC. I think it was on NBC, but it only lasted like five five seasons, maybe. Um, 
but it was stuff like that. And then you just drive through, and it was like, um, you know, you pull up to this one, you pull into this one thing, and there's like a swamp, and it was empty. But like, that's where fucking Kermit sings oh, the Rainbow, Rainbow Connection, Connection. Yeah. <laughs> like in that swamp. And then right next to that swamp is a building that's like the bar of like True Blood, yeah, or a million other shows, you know, in a million other things. So it's like you see how everything's like recycled and how one thing is been in a million different things. And like the town square, I, I put a picture on Facebook of the town square from. Um, Lost Boys, Monster Squad, but that that church was also in a scene from Monster Squad. That was Hazard County and Dukes of Hazard. Uh, it's been the town square of like a million different shows, and now right now, right off of that town square is they they've erected the exterior of the f- Full House for Fuller House. Oh wow! House. Um, so it was cool, and yeah, uh, the Warner Brothers one I, I totally recommend. Um, also, you go into Although the like, first one you said you did was sounds awesome. The Paramount one. Paramount one's cool. I would say and the deluxe tour. I would say that one is awesome if you want to save a hundred bucks. Like yeah. it's a totally awesome. It's it's awesome. But Warner Brothers, if you're gonna if you're willing to spend three hundred bucks and you're only gonna go on one, I would go on Warner Brothers because you also go into like a warehouse that just has has like you know all the Batmobiles. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> you got like the Tim Burton like screen used Batmobile like parked in there. And like, or you, or you go buy it on a tram, or are you able to get off and like no, walk you around? go in, you take pictures, you look at them all. Um, what else did they have in there? I mean, it was, it, was a, it was like a car where it's like, like, yeah, just like it's props. the full car. Yeah, uh, they also had one from one of the Schumacher ones. They had like the Tumblr. They had the one from the new movie. You know, but they, is it just they, Batmobiles, or do they have like other cars? Like you know, no. In this particular room, was just all Batmobiles and like Bat cycles and like a yeah. Bat wing or some shit. Yeah. Um, just all Batman stuff in this particular warehouse. Um, Imagine getting the keys for those things. <laughs> Start driving those around a lot. Yeah. Um, but so I mean, it's cool. And then at the end, there's like a whole big thing where you kind of go on your on your own. It takes you through the process of a film from screenwriting to casting. You know, kind of like a self-guided yeah, yeah. tour, but it has like you know Christopher Reeves's Superman costume, that's you great. know, there and and uh, I, I I love all those those process things. It's like I keep remembering like when I was little going again to that MGM Studios and they had a commercial. It was like uh, Bette Midler did some sort of lottery commercial where she's about her winning the lottery and they showed the different steps of her trying to get, get the ticket and then at the, like her in a subway. So they show, you know, they, they set it. It's so ingenious how they set up each part of it. And then yeah, yeah. you'd walk through and then like you see the scene where she's shooting in the subway station. Then they take you down and they walk through and the subway station is actually a huge fucking set, you know, and it's like the half the subway is, is fake and it's yeah, like, yeah. whoa. Well, so I mean, it's like the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure where you're walking around and there's like, you know, <laughs> people walking by and like, totally. you know. Totally. I mean, the back lot of Warner Brothers see everything, which is actually Pee Wee Big Adventures. Warner yeah. Brothers, yeah, they talked about like this is what was this was in Pee Wee's, you know, like this was like whatever. This is the this was like the pet shop with some fire and he's running. This is where that was. Right next to that is the stairwell that you that from Gremlins where he goes down into the store to buy Gizmo. Oh, okay, the Chinatown, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. Well, that stair- makes sense. That yeah, that stairwell is right there. Yeah, right down the the quote unquote street. Is where like Mary Jane and P- and Spider Man kiss in the middle that's in the, so during weird. the rainstorm yeah, yeah, upside like, down. Even though that's a Sony movie, that's not a Warner Bros. movie. That's where they shot that scene. So we saw that. Yeah, you know, for for us who who were um, who were in in the the, the 
production world of television and film and you're post-production I'm in production especially for production it's so crazy to see how stuff is just recycled and just you know you, you'd be surprised for the novice to come in and just in the sound stage and how nowadays we they make a sound stage to shoot 365 yeah. so you can shoot any angle and then to a bigger extent what you're saying when you go onto a studio lot yeah. it's amazing to see how they'll just completely cannibalize something for one movie to turn it into something else and like these westerns and I think famously people have been noticing now you see a lot of that like the um the stuff used in, say, like the uh, Andy Griffith show was the same stuff used in all the Star Treks first generation <laughs> when they go yeah, like yeah. to the you know to the Earth locations of the 30s. It's so funny to see like people picking that out. Like, look, it's the same yeah. Church Square. Like yeah, you're saying, all that stuff is the same, you know. Man. And it's funny because you know a lot of times, why would you if you're going to spend that much money and erect a set, just keep it up, you know, and then you you'll, you'll end up using a lot of it again, you know, especially for lesser budgeted stuff. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I, I was a little annoyed at, and I don't know why it annoyed me, was at the very end during that self-guided section I was telling you about, I was like in like Studio 48 or This something. is for Warner's? For Warner Brothers, the other Warner Brothers. They have, they have erected the entire like central perk set from Friends, like the coffee shop. Yeah. And I don't really care about Friends. But it annoyed me because there's like four like young people that work there just like standing right in front of it, just like shooting the shit. And it was like annoying me. Like I didn't care so much, but I'm like, there's gonna be people that want to take a picture of this, and aren't gonna have like the balls to say, you know, like, hey, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, you got time to lead, you well, got time you know, to clean. <laughs> Let's get to work. Guys. You know, you, you know me. I'm 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 actually an 80 year old living in a in a in a 37 year old's body. So that's you just that's a microcosm for anything in life I see now with with young people and stuff that people are so just freaking you know affected where they don't care about yeah. you know. So yeah, I see a lot of that now. I'd be so public. Like, and as I'm getting older, I'm getting like that. You know, you get more mouthy. And maybe that's you know that's why you see old people are so such like you know yeah. grizzly. So Warner Brothers tour highly recommended. Very cool. And then uh, I jetted real quick before it was before like you could spend an hour or, or even longer as long as you want in that self guided tour. But I zoomed through because I needed to jump in an Uber. Because then I went to <laughs> we're, we're sponsored by Uber this week. <laughs> I went to uh, Nathan Barr's house who. Uh, is a composer. He composed Cabin Fever, the original one. You went to his house? Hostel, yeah. He's coming over like, hey, what's up? It's good yeah, thing. well, that's where his studio is. So he ended up not being able to come to the dinner on, fr- on, the, on the Friday night. So he's like, well, why don't you come over? This is you networking with all the people you interviewed. Yeah, for your book. I interviewed You're like, hey, I'm going to be book. out there. You want to yeah. spend some time together. And I was hoping to get together with Alan Howarth, but he ended up being in San Francisco that weekend. All Alan Howarth being the composer for um, Halloween uh what is that? Three. Well, he two? he helped. He he's he aided Carpenter in most of Carpenter's eighty scores, uh, including Halloween two and Halloween three. And then he went on and scored himself Halloween's five, four, five, and six. Yeah. Um, Does he have a Star Trek connection too, or no? He right. did the sound of he created the sounds of the Enterprise for the first six Star Trek movies. Okay, yeah. Because he was really, in addition to his kind of composing career, he was also a sound designer and sound effects artist and, and stuff like that. We also at Warner Brothers you went to like the Foley studio and talked to the Foley artists. You know, it was that kind That's of a stuff. freaking lost art right there. <laughs> Getting into that. And they were showing you how you make snow sound when you don't snow, have snow. Sometimes snow, they'll just snow. truck in snow. But it's like if you can't truck in the snow then you put in like cornstarch into a into a uh, or like a bucket right? <laughs> no it was like in, on, in into a pillowcase and like tie it off on the so it's just like this sack and you walk on it and it makes that crunching sound um so that was cool i mean that's another thing at the warner brothers tour so uh 
And then I had I had went up to Nathan Barr's house and hung out with him for a little while. His house is beautiful. Um, his studio. Where's he living? In Pasadena as well, or he lives in Topanga, but he lives up on like this giant hill. And so his back, the back of his house looks out off this hill into like some fucking valley, and it's really cool. And his studio, he showed me his thing is he loves like atypical instruments. So he was showing me like a lot of these like medieval instruments that he uses for things, and he just had a new cello. He designed a cello and had it built, and it, it's not like a typical cello. It's a cello, and then next to the string, just picture. Use your imaginations. Picture a cello. Yeah. And then neck running down the side uh, uh, on one of the sides, like the side of the strings is another set of strings. And it's these really, really thin uh, strings, maybe like six or eight of them that just are running alongside it. And you don't pluck them, but as you, or fret with them, but as you're playing the cello, the vibration of the cello makes them ring out. And it adds like the cello with like a sitari sound, like a sitar sound underneath oh, yeah. it. And then running underneath the neck of the cello, there's four other strings, and basically like a a wooden like a wheel that's on a motor, and that will just play. It'll just continuously drone those strings. So if like you press like a foot pedal, the motor will go, and you'll just get like a. Like I continue. Did he play sound. it for you? Yeah, he was playing it for me. And, and you heard it all. You're like, <laughs> what's it called? Is it it's a new. He invented it. It's, it's but it's called like the he cello. He doesn't really have a name for it. Um, and it's the only one in, uh, on the earth, right? Yeah, like I would it's think the, just it's the only one that yeah. exists. Well, now if we make our movie, we know who to get that from. <laughs> Um, but he was also showing me some. Is there any, did he give you an example where he used it in for people who can? I, he just got that one, so oh, I'm not okay. sure he used that yet. But uh, he was showing me some of the other medieval instruments where, if you look at them, you can see where he got the ideas of what he was going to do. Like the wheel, he has this other instrument. I can't remember, can't remember the name of it, but it's a stringed instrument where you crank the wheel and it makes that droning sound and then you f- kind of fret using buttons not your fingers it's hard to explain without it's having, almost it's having like, like a visual what do you call those guitars aid. that you use that are down yeah kind of like a like a lap steel type thing. yeah it's like that but you're saying but it's crank. like a, it was like made from the medieval times it's great so he was showing me all these cool instruments it sounds like as you're like it sounds like you're you're sewing something out <laughs> like you're making a you're making a tapestry yeah and it was and then like inside his house he has like all those autonomy he has a bunch of those autonomous like instruments where it's like a, pl- a player piano that plays itself or <laughs> like a, or you know like you put in a coin and it plays like you know like a car- carnival music yeah he has a couple of those and he so he collects them it's like yeah know, he collects them he's like the forest ackerman of the, of the and, obscure and like he music he said he's like he sampled some of them for certain things did he have a theremin I don't know. I'm sure he does. He didn't show. He should be like, let me see the freaking theremin. And I'm sure he's got a nice wooden one. He's got all kinds of stuff. Like he, he didn't show it to me, but he's got like a flute made out of a human femur. What? That there was like these Tibetan monks that uh, certain like you know certain group of monks that when they die, their 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 part their bones are made into into instruments. I believe that. But then the next step of it that he, it's a white man who takes it. So it sounds like, <laughs> you know, it's like the guy who's stealing the Yeti hand. <laughs> then now there's like these uh, these Tibetan monk assassins that are trying to find him because he stole the sacred yeah, yeah. Th- 
femur flute from the Tibetan mountain that when he was staying there, and they're like, we need the because now it's all off kilter up there. The yin yang is all off. And he has like a deconstructed piano, which is basically takes the took the parts out of the piano and just kind of like lean them up against the wall so you can play the strings with a hammer instead of like so it makes like a horror. Yeah, yeah, you know, like horror stuff. Very, uh, very reminiscent of. Well, some of the stuff that Joseph Bashar, who we talked about, some of the stuff very reminiscent of some of the stuff that he does in the in the in the, in the Insidious movies, but also very reminiscent to the score for uh, Black Christmas, which okay. we talk about that score being kind of very like percussive, weird. When we in our podcast for you and I, Christmas, yeah. oh, not not him and you in the no, upcoming interview. I. I see. So uh, it sounds like oh, that this this was it was it was off. It was sound like this was catered for Blake. This is well, the, this is the this is the the, the getaway from the city life <laughs> that Blake needed. <laughs> well, I had a lot of things to do, so I made sure that they I could do them all. Yeah, in five days, four or five. And days. you splurged a little bit. So you needed yourself. You gave yourself a little. I mean, when was the last time you took yourself a vacation? Probably the only time I've ever taken myself on a vacation. Yeah, so it's not like it's not like uh, you know, people out there like I wish I could do that. It's like this is what you did instead of going and sitting on a beach. Well, you know there was work involved, but yeah. I figured I would throw in the tours while I was out there. Yeah. Those were like my vacation things. Like I said, I went to the movies twice. Yeah, um, and even though the Monster Palooza. It did shoot there, and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to go to it was to shoot footage for it. You know, it was cool to go through. And who else, anybody else you see there? You have fun? Did you, did you didn't go talk to Catherine Mary Stewart and get a picture? I, I didn't get a picture for the some, last star. I don't know fighter. why I didn't, but I didn't get. You're a still pic- beautiful. I don't know why I didn't get a picture. I mean, she did sign my record. Yeah, your record. But I, for some reason, I didn't get a picture for her. And then anybody real nice standout stories? I mean, Lance Henriksen was awesome. What'd you guys talk about? Dion, you talk about Dion's tribe. <laughs> talk about Dion being in the tribe. We're a tribe. Yeah, he was just describing to me like I don't know if he thought that one was going to be mine, and that's why he was explaining it to me, or if he was passing. He's like Dion, listen, to me. I'm like, so, so I'm going to call you Dion <laughs> so that I could pass it to you. Explain to him that this is what a tribe is. <laughs> How's he looking? I mean, I saw the photo, but he's good for his age, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what he's seventy, seventy. Said on the Facebook page that he's seventy six. I mean, you know, I mean, you, a lot of people you forget. I mean, he, you know, one of, not one of his first movies, but he's in Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, yeah. He's the one who kills. Um, what's his face in it? Uh, Fredo. <laughs> yeah, Fredo. Uh, uh, Spoiler. <laughs> he kills Al Pacino's uh, non-homosexual partner in um in Dog Day Afternoon. So he has a very. I mean, then he's like, you know, a fit age in the eighties. I mean, that's like his yeah. prime there. So it's amazing to think now it's, it's you know. And then uh, he was jonesing for a cigarette. That's what happened when I got up there. He's like, "It's been over two hours. I haven't had a cigarette yet." And he can't smoke in there. Any. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. When I met the Doors, Densmore was like, "I need to go have a cigarette." And I'm like, oh, "I'm sorry. <laughs> you signed this. I'm sorry. I'm 20 and I love you." Uh, Lance Guest. Everybody asked me if I told Lance Guest my Lance Guest story. Which, if you haven't listened to the um, the Chris, the, our last Starfighter episode, you should go listen to it because Blake has a very unique and weird Lance Guest story. So you sent me the picture of you and Lance. Yes, I was like, did you write him the story back? And then I thought about, well, that'd be weird. You're like, so, so, you remember the time you were in, you were in New York all the time? Well, uh, somebody asked asked me if I told him the story. I did tell him. I said, hey, I used to. I think you used to live in my neighborhood. He's like. Oh, yeah, I used to live there when I was doing a show there. He's like, so I did live there for a while. He's like, I lived on, like, 46th and whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, I live on this street. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we talked a little bit about, oh, come over for dinner. about the neighborhood. Um, and then Nick shit. Castle was there Sunday, which yeah. is funny. I went. I was like, I'll You just, sent me another picture of Nick Castle. I'll figure I'll go down to the uh, convention on Sunday. I had nothing to do that. that L- like we should say, Lance Guest, if you don't know, was the actor who's in... Um, 
the lead in uh, Last Starfighter, the Nick Castle. It directed it. Yeah. And uh, so I went down to the convention, and I get there, and I see that there's this huge line. I went line, down to the convention. <laughs> and I see that there's this huge person. There's this huge line for somebody. I was like, who's that for? And I looked at it. It was like Nick Castle. And I was like, shit. So I had to walk all the way back to the hotel. Damn, damn. I had to walk all the way all the way back to the hotel and get the record. <laughs> Did you have all three of them? The trifecta sign. Yeah, yeah. Kath, Catherine. Um, yeah, I have all three of them. Wow, yeah. that's it. Um, and then there was a guy there who I've seen at conventions like Comic Con and Chiller who sells posters, like old posters, like not not the new like fan posters, but like old original movie posters. And he had an Evil Eye poster, which is. Uh, probably better known to a lot of people as the girl that knew too much, which is a Mario Bava movie from the sixties, which is considered the very first Giallo movie. Yeah. And he had like a post, which we have a side cast Giallos, which we'll get to, but keep going. Um, what if you people don't know what a Giallo is. And all weekend I was eyeing that poster. Oh, and I was like, that's good discipline. You didn't buy it right off the bat. You passed it. And you said, you know, thought about could I come Friday back night. It? I saw, Oh, that was the other thing I should mention. Backtrack a little bit. Friday night after I have dinner with, Harry Manfredini and Joseph Bashara. The convention ends. The convention was from like six to eleven, so ten fifteen rolls around, and we were packing up. We had dinner from. We got there at like eight. I had a dinner. I had drinks with them at the bar. Then we had dinner. Like ten fifteen rolls around, and Joseph's like Joseph Bashar. Bashar is like, he's like, I'm thinking about go hitting the convention for like the last half hour. He's like, I'm not gonna be able to go tomorrow. Do you want to go? I was like, fuck yeah. So. I just so Friday night from ten thirty to eleven till it closed. I was zipping around the convention with Joseph Bashar. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, just like walking the convention, and he just knows a lot of people there in yeah. terms of vendors and everything. But I, we got there, and I was just like, I was trying to be polite. I was like, look, don't feel like if you want to go walk it by yourself, like that's cool. He's like, no, if you don't mind walking with me, he's like. That. So he's kept on apologizing. He goes, I'm sorry, I'm running through it. It's just we only have a half an hour, and I want to see everything. I was like, like I got all weekend to go and take my time. I'm, just, I'm with you, man. I'll yeah. just follow you around. So I just walked around the convention with him, and kind of we just shot the shit for a half an hour, just the two of us as we walked around. And you know, we were. He's like, hey, look at this. I showed him. <laughs> he's like, do you see any vinyl? I was like, I think I saw some vinyl over there. So we were just like running around. So that's when I first saw that poster was Friday night with him. The uh, ba- the Mario Bava Mario poster. Mario Bava poster. And I was like, oh, I love this poster. And I was, we were talking about it. And then Saturday I saw it. And Saturday I was like, do you have a web? I was like, ah, I'd love to buy it to the guy who's selling it. And I was like, but I don't want to drag it onto the plane. He's like, oh, I'll ship it to you for 12 bucks. I'll ship anything you want for 12 bucks. <laughs> So, uh, I was worried about getting the record on the plane. Oh, the one you had signed? Yeah. The line, the line. So, I went over to the guy and I said, uh, Anything I want for $12. <laughs> I was like, I'll buy the poster for, I said, would you take this X, you know, I don't want to say how much. I don't know why I don't want to, but it wasn't a lot of money. But the poster was a certain amount of money. I said, would you ship it? Would you, basically shipping for free. Would you, you know, he's going to drop it 10 bucks. I was like, will you drop it 12 bucks? The way you're shipping it for free. And I said, and you said you would ship anything. I said, will you, sh- will you, throw the- will you ship this record? He's like, well, he's like, I I'm can- shipping it in a tube. <laughs> so I can fit into a tube. Now, well, the poster <laughs> was an old one that folds. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So basically he ended up shipping. He shipped the record. and the- So I don't have them yet, hopefully. <laughs> 
Especially because you put your fingers after up. you buy the record and then you spend X amount of money to get it all signed, that record ended up costing me like a hundred bucks. Yeah. After all the signatures and everything. Yeah. But it was like I said, it was more like I wanted to get pictures with everybody because. Did you check luggage as well? Oh, okay. No, so you I just d- you put everything as a carry on. Yeah, I did yeah. everything carry on. The only other story, you know, sometimes and you go through any convention, and you always we always had this discussion. You and I. You, Dion and I would always have this discussion where you see some of the celebrities and you're like, nobody's going up to their table. You know, you feel kind of bad for yeah. them. Well, that's my biggest thing with the Comic-Con now. It's like Comic-Con was about comic books, but then now it's all about fucking going to see com- video games and all. And there's all these artists, Artist Row, I think they call it, and no yeah. one goes Artist Row. Yeah. So but like, like Fred Williamson or whatever. I love Philly Williamson. Black <laughs> exploitation actor from uh, people <laughs> like nowadays n- from Dust Till Dawn. Single, not a single... I never, Why I wouldn't didn't, people want to go see a single person go up to his table? Um, and uh, oh, He must be a little older now. Yeah. Because well, his heyday was 40 years but ago. But that's why I went up and I, that, uh, what, Al Leung or whatever his name is, the guy from Big Trouble in Little China, the Asian guy. Yeah. It was like he was... See, that's another picture you sent me. This is the actor who I know people who are cinemaphiles out there will know who he is. He's the um, Asian, probably Chinese actor who's in every action movie in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. He's the guy who's torturing Mel Gibson and Lethal Weapon with the... Uh, with the f- remember, he's got the battery yeah. and the f- and the, uh, the, uh, the sponges. <laughs> and then he's, he's eating the candy bars in Die Hard when they're by the front door. And then what else? He's in. You said Big, Big Trouble, Trouble in China. China. He's uh, he fights Brandon Lee in Rapid Fire. Yeah, he's he's that dude with the mustache and like goatee and long hair down the side that you see. Like he's always he was always he's the, like the stunt guy, yeah. Asian guy that was in everything. Like yeah, he, he was a terrorist, martial artist, ninja <laughs> extraordinaire. He was there, and he was standing there, and he's old now. You know, well, if if that and, was if he was in his thirties or forties, you know. And I walked up to him, and because nobody was at his table, and he has like a book, wrote like a book. And, uh, Did you buy the book? I didn't buy the book. You should have bought the book. Why didn't you buy the book? <laughs> can't buy everything. I know. I bought a picture. Good. Good. Um, but like his his right arm's like all messed up now because like he shakes your hand with like his left hand. Oh no! Like he can't move his right arm. You think about the the, the stuff he'd been probably doing and you know and the, so like, saying the physicality of his life. Oof. And so like I was that, like that's <laughs> probably a stunt that gone. It's like our, yeah exactly. It's, it's like, like our, our, <laughs> I was gonna say like Otter. our Kane Otter story. We'll finish this up. We'll tell our Kane Otter story. Uh, and I just I just felt bad for him, so I was like, "Hey, will you sign this picture?" He had like a little figure, but they only made like sixty of them or something, so it was like really expensive. And I wasn't gonna. It's like a little, you know, you see like a Japanese type, you know, the Japanese toys have become a really big thing. It's yeah. like in that style, like a very like very small, big head, you know, very cartoony of him, yeah. which was really neat, but it was really expensive. It looked like him, like yeah, it wasn't like a bobblehead. You could tell it was him, but it was. You know, it was all like cartooned out, like num trucks and <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but it was really expensive, so I didn't buy it. So I got a picture, and like he's signing. It. He certainly, he looks like he's probably right-handed, so his signature is like left-handed. Yeah. So it's like all kind of like, and he yeah. didn't write like he wasn't gonna do like to anybody. Yeah. It was like he just signed his name. Yeah. So I was like, ah, screw it, let's get a picture. <laughs> Like, oh, thank you. And you said that one right off to me. I was like, yeah. look at this. I was like, honey, <laughs> get in here. Well, I, well, I mean, I, I kind of prefaced those. 
it, I pressed, I prefaced it with the Lance Henriksen, but I was kind of implying to all of them when I texted them to you was like, you're really the only person I know that's going to appreciate these. That's really going to give a shit that I met all that like yeah. I have pictures. I was writing you back people. like, holy shit, all italics, <laughs> dot dot dot, or exclamation uh, you know, point. Very, few, very few people I know would be like, oh, that guy, like awesome, like that's a big deal. Um, yeah, when we we went years ago to a Fangora convention, we went and we saw Kane Hutter, and Kane Hutter had a. Uh, like we, we walked into the room and he had this huge like what was it like three feet by four foot poster above him, and he signed and there's a big line and he wanted like ten dollars at the time for a signature which is cheap now. which is cheap but at the time this is like late nineties I mean that's ridiculous ten dollars and so he signed and, and he's got this huge poster above him like I said three feet by four feet of like him as Jason and there's this huge fireball it might even be like maybe Jason goes to hell where they blow him up, and he's walking out of the fireball on fire. Jason's yeah. on, he's it's completely like in flames. Or some, there's some building on fire. It's just, it's just up it, in flames. It just blew up. I mean, you can't even tell what it you is. You could see that it's, they caught the, it's the instant the thing blew up, and he's already on fire, and there's a blast. It's a beautiful picture. He's coming out on fire. And then when we go up to look, when we go to sign, it's like he was wearing, um, he had like batting gloves on, and he had like almost like a uh, turtleneck on. And then we could see, like, right below his chin, like, on his neck, he had, like, a lot of... It looked like burn scars. Yeah. And then he looked like like his batting gloves between his glove and his his um, cuffs, they were scars. So, look, we're like, oh, my God. Like, because that's how he got all fucked up. Yeah, because like, you, you make the correlation very quickly. You're like, wow, my Lord. It's like, I hope that wasn't the actual... That's why he had... That's why I put this poster up. So, so you didn't ask questions. <laughs> yeah. So, there's a lot of... So Somebody's you know, working on a documentary or made a documentary about Kane Hodder. Well, he put a book out that I have that was that he sent... Uh, to where I work, and it was laying around. It was one of these things like, oh, I don't this. I feel bad. This is laying around. So I took it home, and it's just like you know, I, I guess he's li- he lived a very exciting life up yeah, until well, stuntman in a lot of things. Even yeah, yeah. And he's he does the body. He did all the motion capture for the new Friday the Thirteenth. That's game. cool. They they brought it back to him because I don't know how old he is now in a sense to be able to play another live action. This you know what I'm gonna I'll bring this up on a quick little tangent, which is hilarious. We're all me and you were always talking about um well. Let's, let me finish my thought here. Uh, you know, I don't know how old he is now to be able to to reprise Jason in in a, in a particularly good way because he's got to be like in his sixties now, or whatever. He's lived, and he's lived the hard, he lived life the hard stuff of a stunt, of a stunt man. man. Yeah, <laughs> and he was a big guy at the time. You know, he had like almost the Lou Ferrigno body. You know, so it's like who knows how damaged his body's now in his joints. Uh, but I've most recently been watching. They've been airing the Friday the Thirteenth, most notably uh, Jason Takes Manhattan Part Eight. Eight yeah. um, on one of the antenna channels we get yeah. called movies, Movie. exclamation point! I noticed that as I'm th- as I walk as I flip through, I'm like, which as I soon as, as you I go around it, the I'm, world I'm surfing, like, I'm like, which one is this? And it's, <laughs> you can always tell when it's a Friday the Thirteenth movie, but they've been doing a lot of them. Yeah, two, three. and the reason I bring it up is I I, I had a sick day. And um, I'm homesick, and I'm in bed, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got my covers up, and I'm watching. I turn the TV, and I'm watching, and it's like three o'clock in the afternoon, and movies is on, and, and I, like again, me, the eighty year old coming out, where it's like, in the old days, you know, you think that they would, after like eight or nine o'clock, they'd show like something like gory, and you think of how gory, twenty five, thirty years ago, Friday Thirteenth Part Eight is, you're, it's, it's. 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I turn movies on, and it's Friday the 13th Part 8, and they're not cutting out any of the gore. <laughs> and it's like, you know, 
okay, if it, you, you could say if you have cable and, you know, your kids shouldn't be watching certain things. But I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially in the New York City area, who probably only have an antenna because maybe, you know, they, they can't afford. So all they have are these 30 channels, and they're on the rotation. And you turn on Friday the 13th Part 8, and it's like they're not cutting out any. I mean, you're seeing, like, yeah. a scalp, well, you know, people getting impaled, heads getting ripped off, decapitated, uh, you know, the toxic waste. And it's just, I was like, oh, my, I can't believe the gore factor in the afternoon yeah it's surprising it is you know uh but anyway uh i digress uh so yeah i don't that's really cool that he they gave him the job as the uh as the motion capture for the game yeah and apparently he brought in a uh, brought in like a full stunt team to be all the victims that he really they went for it with the motion capture like he really like people got hurt because <laughs> that like they're really he's like tossing them around you know yeah i'm really, sure when he gets into it he's probably this really is, this is probably his swan song you know <laughs> so this is really gonna really be, trying to make sure everything is uh, and for those jason fans or the friday 13th fans this has been a uh this it was a fun it was a gofundme maybe the uh the getting the game done they well, orig- did a, originally it was to just a, in a really in a nutshell somebody was creating a game called like uh yeah, camp Grounds or something like that. It was like Slasher the game. Camp Blood or whatever. And it was like the first edition was going to be this camp game. And it was like an interactive in terms of like you could play online with other people. And they built it and it was basically Friday the 13th. But they couldn't use Jason because they hadn't licensed it. At the same time, like Sean Cunningham's company. The the guy who directed and kind of came up with Directed the first first one and produced them all. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we should do a video game. So then they just ended up teaming up because... The campgrounds or whatever it was called, summer camper. The game that was being made, they had enlisted Kane Hodder, Savini, Harry Manfredini to do the who did was doing the music to do it all. So, in what like, capacity were Kane Hodder and um, as Savini like, advi- like as advisors, quote unquote? Uh, so, so, what was it like a three D camp? You can walk around and just like what is it? you have yeah. some sort of like. Um, and a real world, you have to go f- do a story and figure something out and get killed. Yeah, but it was like they were, so they were developing this, and then the people that make Friday the 13th were like, you know, we should do a game, but we don't know anything about doing a game. So then they just talked to the people that were already doing Summer Camp. They're like, let's just put Jason in. <laughs> and, they, they, and they made a trailer that came out online, like a teaser, and they're like, if you want to see this game, go sign this petition or donate yeah. money. And then that So originally they off. were trying to raise money as like camp, as this camp game. And then once... Jason became a part of it. Once it officially became a Friday the 13th game, then it was like, like yeah. well, now we have to make it big. Yeah. So then they did a Kickstarter campaign. And um, like I said, I, I interviewed Harry Manfredini all about writing the music, which is f- a fascinating process. Yeah. <laughs> like how you have to write it, the difference between writing for a movie and writing for the for a video game. And he goes all into it in the book. So And now it's been put, the, the game keeps on getting pushed back. So now the book will actually come out before the game does. Well, that's a little nice. So for you'll get, who, if you get the book, you'll get like a little inside scoop yeah, of, of, like of what's coming out. Because he talks a little bit about like what, what it entails. Not too much of the details. Not like spoiler stuff, but because you can imagine what a game, Friday the 13th game, will be like. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but you get a little inside scoop as like what, uh, to the making of it, kind of, in, in the books. Now it's been pushed back to like October, I think, or something like that. He the was game. telling me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Um I forgot where I was gonna. So that so it it ended up being a very. Oh, uh, we so we were talking about you. We got down this this road because we were talking about the, you going down the alley where people weren't like Fred Williams and no one was yeah. signing. Well, stuff. I was just saying that's why I went. So did down. you say Fred? Did you see? Did you give Fred Williams a pound and? <laughs> 
you know. You know, you feel weird because then you also feel weird about going up and not buying anything. I know. You look and then you make a. It's like going to one of those backyard. And I don't want to. It's like a tag sale. You know, I was spending so much money on this trip already. I yeah. But I did. I felt bad for Al Young. Al Young. And, uh, and he was such a fixture for our child. Yeah, you, you deserve to, to give him <laughs> something. So I was like, I have to go and talk to this. Guy. What's the what's the photo you bought? It's him. It's Big Trouble in Little China. It's like him in front of the truck, you know, like facing the camera, truck behind him, and then like his whole like red belted like Asian army crew, you know, like around like around him. I bet you that book he has is fascinating about how he, you know, think of a guy like that getting wherever he came from and getting to where he was, which I guess in the scheme of things isn't very significant in the sense of. But for us, for people yeah, who are yeah. cinemaphiles, for you know, he's very noticeable for that era. Like I, I'm sure our parents would. Oh yeah, it's that guy. Or well, so I, did, I flipped through it. There was a lot of family photos, but it was also I had this thing of like, how am I going to get everything home? I had just bought two Lance Henriks. <laughs> yeah, you weren't you weren't checking. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I bought a bunch for myself. Not a bunch, but three or four like Cine Fantastique. Because the last time I went to a convention, I bought Santa Fantastic magazines for you and and our friend Aaron. Yeah, you got me the black hole. And, but I didn't buy any for myself. And then you why. guys were both like, "This magazine is awesome." Oh yeah, <laughs> and I, I used to buy that when I was little. Well, yeah, I remembered you know, it when I was little. I have the Batman uh, animated series issue edition. And then you, we just posted as of this recording, we posted a link up on our Facebook page of Cinema Fantastic. And the cover photo was the '89 Batman. I remember I when bought, that came out. That's oh, why I Jesus. posted it because I bought that issue. Yeah, I remember that, that was, was huge. But you, you know, that magazine. You go through it's the bait, it's the double issue batman 89 issue you know what else is in there uh west craven shocker wow communion with the christopher walken the church which we talked yeah, about you love the church which we talked about yeah. a lot with the, with the when we talked about the keep with the tombstone <laughs> episode it was like uh night breed like tombstone, our tombstone yeah we talked about in our western tombstone episode we talk about michael mann's the keep <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your cinema story of going to BAM, Brooklyn Academy of Music. To try to see To try to see the Keep, uh, obscure Michael Mann movie that you walked out of. You have to go see the... Go listen to the Tombstone episode to, to hear that story. And then we went. We started talking about the church. And then because the church it reminds me a lot. That movie reminds me yeah. a lot of the church. But it was like so. It's like even though it's the Batman issue, there's all these articles about yeah. like awesome. Movies well, the, on it, the in the Batman animated series issue, half of it's Batman animated series. It might be a double issue as well. And it all has the pictures of all the voice talent. So you're like, oh, look who it all is, and all you know, all them on set. So it's like them. They got like action shots of them, and then like a cast photo of them like in the recording studio. And then the other half is Batman 66. So it maybe yeah, yeah. so it's all ba- it's all was Batman that, 66 it, is related. It fantastic because there was a magazine that I saw when I went to that creature feature store I was talking about, which I had completely forgotten about was Comic Scene magazine. Yeah, yeah. I think you had an issue with that too with had to do with Batman the animated series. I might series, I, I might call correct. You remember I, I used to bring them all to college with me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the- and then I don't remember is is the is it a cinema fat is it a cinema fantastique or is it a fangora the one with I've got an issue with uh, st- the, it's the creep show issue and it's Stephen King George Romero and Tom Savini on the cover is that Fandora that might, or is that, that Cinema that Fantastic? That might be Cinema Fantastic. Yeah, because I have that what issue. What a great magazine that was! Apparently, it's still a website. Yeah, they they all went online and and you can go online. It's much. I think I think their full archive is online and this is getting in the weeds for people who don't care about it, but certainly we do. So we'll talk about it. But it's like I think if you go online, you can access their complete catalog and go back and look at. Every yeah, magazine yeah. and article, which is, I, you know, which any is, kind of database archive is amazing. You know, and we posted not too long ago, there's some old um, 
retro like sci-fi magazine that you that now is now online you yeah. can go look at and like almost like um what's the star log i think you can go and find the complete star logs are online for people yeah, who yeah. remember star log i had the rambo three issue of star log which is also of course it had like an you know a, a story about next generation in there you know so all those yeah. magazines so that bought, went out of print i bought the batman issue of Cinnamon Fantastique. And I bought a... Hey, uh, Tim Burton's 1989. 1989, I bought uh, just a, a, an issue all dedicated to Clive Barker, which one of the guys that I ate dinner with that Friday night was the guy that runs Clive Barker's company. You said he's not doing well, right? He's ill? I don't know. I don't know the details. I know that he's ill. Yeah. I don't know if it's public. So <laughs> I, I don't. I honestly don't know the details yeah. of it. I know that, he's, that he, he was ill at the time that I wanted him to... I had asked him and this guy Mark to if if Clive would write something for my book. Yeah, and uh, it was told to me that Clive would really love to because he he thinks the book is awesome, but he was wasn't doing. Yeah, he wasn't feeling well, so he didn't have time to do it by the time I needed it done. He to me he always looks like a, a poor man's Tim Roth. They look at for some <laughs> reason they look so much alike at some point. I'm trying to think what else what other issue I got. I got another issue, and then I got an uh, which was. I, published by the same people, Femme Fatale magazine. Oh yeah, yeah. And I got the which was an issue I had back in the day. The Silk Stockings issue. It was no, it's the Asia Argento issue. There you we go. Had, like a long interview with Asia. Yeah, Argento. you love Asia Argento. I love all things Argento. Yeah, <laughs> all things Argento. <laughs> um, but great man, what a great magazine, man. My, Cinema Fantastic. My first yeah. issue. I remember buying my first issue of it at a used bookstore. It was the Star Trek Four issue. Wow. The whales. Yeah. Yeah, the voyage. I was, way, I was a big Trekkie growing up. Yeah, of so. course. Yeah, that was one of the first things I met you, which you, I don't know if you still divulge. You had, like, in your wallet, you had you, you were a freaking oh, Starfleet. I <laughs> Starfleet. Yeah. Star, official Starfleet membership. Card. That's freaking awesome. That's, I, well, why, who, that's great, man. That's <laughs> well, sorry, I'm officially a Starfleet officer. That's awesome. Just throwing it out there. I'm actually a, a Scottish lord, too. I can, I, I'm legally able to say I'm, I'm Lord um, Dion Baia of, um, I can't pronounce properly the Scottish... <laughs> Well, I you should learn that. I know if, that if you're a lord. Of I'm it. actually a lord. I own a one foot by one foot parcel because it was a manor house in Scotland. And what happened was, uh, not to go down too far down this road, but a lot of these older manor houses, like you know, the money runs out with these. And so, what what do you do to try to keep up the big ground? So what you do is, oh, you kind of donate it to the to the. You make it public so people can come visit. They pay. They can tour the house and all that. And that's how you you, you keep the upkeep keeps so the family a piece of land. So right? they so that for them to keep up this upkeep, it was gifted to me as a as a oh. Christmas present. I got I got a you know one foot. You're not able to build on it, but I'm like I'm just gonna build straight up. <laughs> I had one foot by one foot. Like just felt like a, a birdhouse. Yeah, a little, that. that sets me one like foot by one foot. birdhouse. So I'm, 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 I'm legally, I'm not legally able to have any uh, say in what happens on the, like, you know, I can't sit, come in and be like, I want <laughs> us to build a nature preserve. It's not like a co-op. Yeah, but I can, I, I certainly am legally allowed to sign and have things. I'm, I'm a lord now. And that's up in our guest room. If you ever, when you come stay over, we have the, it's, it's awesome. It's like this, like that heavy, like brown parchment paper and it has a uh you know one of those like uh candle you know the <laughs> red like candle it's got like a wax yeah seal wax seal on it. on it and all that it's all properly signed like within like a freaking like uh, a feather pen that's nice man it's beautiful so i'm i didn't, I'm know. Lord. I didn't know i was doing <laughs> a show with royalty yeah lord uh Dion Baia. So, and you're a Starfleet commander. Yeah, I'm especially a Starfleet officer. <laughs> the things we learn. <laughs> so we'll go, okay, uh, so you're not an ensign. You're, a, you're an officer. It just says uh, official Starfleet officer. I don't know what ranking. You have I to am. pick. What are, you, what are you, a science officer? Or you're not a red shirt, let's hope not. Hey, Scotty was a red shirt. That's a good point. Scotty was a red He was the original red shirt. Hey, you know, I was watching Star Trek last night, and you took a good episode last night. <laughs> 
that's when I before I started watching the movie I was going to watch and, and I was telling my wife your your Dick Smith hand story about how you said you know we talked in our last sidecast that 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 we just reposted on here if you haven't listened to it go listen to our uh, sidecast that was a reposting of us when Dick Smith the makeup artist passed away we did like an honor of our night with Dick Smith but in that sidecast we talk about how Dick Smith little known fact that we only noticed when we were talking with him is that he had lost a, a finger on his hand and instead of keeping the stump he removed the bone in his palm and then closed it so, yeah, so it it's like not noticeable until he holds his hand up and he then suddenly it's the Revelation, like the guy from fucking Lo- Raiders of Lost Ark, or <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead yeah, of having the well, scar on his palm, he, you could see he only has three fingers, like a Simpson. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, you know, or Total Recall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like or like those aliens from the the, the TV it's version just, of War of the like Worlds. Four fingered hands. It's yeah. Like so you told me that Scotty did the same thing. Didn't you tell me that? Um, I don't know. If I'm just, you I brought up that. Um, you told me that. What's his face? Um, maybe you told me that Jimmy Doohan. Yeah, Jimmy Doohan had had that. You because I remember that you like little known fact. Jimmy Doohan. I was like, really. <laughs> Maybe maybe in doing research, yeah. Then we then then we just because there's so much research we 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 forget it all. So uh, well, what goes to show you if, if God forbid if you lose a finger, lose a finger, you can take you can take that whole the, the whole the finger out, but then you can take that whole bone out, the bone out that leads from that your wrist up and it in looks your palm. Like a, no one will know the difference. Alien hand, yeah. Until you hold it up, you're like, holy shit, you're not a human, man. <laughs> so it sounded like it was a good trip overall. It was. And I said that one dinner didn't end up being like what it was supposed to be, which was a little disappointing. But at the same time, I had such a great time hanging out. What was out. The, the dinner now, I guess, to make it, not to make it official, but to just officially on the record, it was a, it was a dinner because you were saying in, in su- L.A. they're going to. In gonna support of a, of a museum that they're, tr- they're going to build. Uh, called the Hollywood Horror Museum, which is nice. This guy started a museum called the Hollywood Science Fiction Museum. Yeah, and in uh, getting props for the, you know, things for physical being, props, not like like yeah. like you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're being donated. Like he's reconstructed the entire uh, Next Generation bridge set, the original uh, one. Wow, uh, at this at the Science Fiction, I museum. believe so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that means that's working, and that's that's I think that's, established. I'm not positive, but I think that's up and running. Um, or, or he has like an exhibit somewhere else presently. I, I'm, I don't know the details of the science fiction one, but because they were getting all these donations of props and things f- for the science fiction site, I mean the science fiction museum, they were getting all. But in addition to all that, they got all these like science fiction horror props, which were just not appropriate for that museum, which was totally about teaching science through science fiction, a family friendly. Museum, brilliant idea. So, um, they're like, "Well, what are we gonna do with like all these like alien, pro- <laughs> you know, like Scare the shit some out of, of the goyer stuff?" Yeah, and they're like, "Well, let's, you know, what doesn't exist is like an official horror museum," and I'm trying to convince them to make go f- further into it because uh, it's supposed to, it's an educational experience, but they want to make it about the education of like the history of horror and like low budget filmmaking and stuff, and I'm trying to convince them that. They should at the very least have an exhibit that shows something that you and I talk about a lot, which, again, Mad Love podcast is a perfect example of that, is what's going on in world history at the time that these movies are made. Oh. And show like a timeline of like World War One, World War Two, and what the kind of horror movies that were being made. The influences. Like, yeah. Because then it's like genuinely educational yeah. on like a much bigger scale. But so I went there to kind of as a – they were having a dinner – um, they're probably they're shooting to. You were, br- you were representing Saturday Movie Sleepovers at that dinner. <laughs> they they're gonna they're hoping to break ground on an actual location 
in 2018 or 19 but right now they're traveling at various conventions with like a traveling exhibit and like greg nicotero is on the board and joe dante and now john carpenter um Greg Nicotero is the gentleman who behind all the special effects we see nowadays, most prominently on The Walking Dead. Yeah, he directs a lot of The Walking Dead, but K&B was one of his was starting he a company that he started with some other guys, and he was a protege of Tom um, Savini. Savini and um, uh, but Joe Dante who did Gremlins, Carpenter, uh, Sean Cunningham who did we said Friday, Friday the Thirteenth. All these guys are board members. Uh, Victoria Price. Vincent Price's daughter. Um, I forget her name, but also... Uh, Karloff's daughter. Karloff's daughter. Tim Lucas, who runs Video Watchdog Magazine, which I, I've written for in the past. Um, they're all, just they're a, all they're board all members. Board, That's nice. They're trying to further this. They're all know. board members. And there were the plan was to have a, a meeting, uh, like a dinner, where all the board members would get together. Yeah. And I was going to go to it as a supporter of the, of the, uh, of the museum and... Um, also, I was going to be bringing my crew of <laughs> composers. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, just circumstances, that one didn't end up being like what was it originally was planned to be. But at the same time, like, I can't really complain because I had, like, the best time hanging out with Joseph and Harry, who, discovering that they all, like, all these composers in Hollywood, like, in the, in the Hollywood area that do horror, horror music, they all know each other and are friends because they go to like panels, discussions, and conventions, and so they all know each other. So like Harry and Joseph know each other. Joseph's much closer to my age than Harry's, um, and it's just it's funny hanging out with the two of them because they're so different, <laughs> but yet they're friendly. They've known each other for a while, and then like I know them both through the interview process, and I've talked to Harry a couple times for the book, and Joseph. Was one of the first piece per one of the first people to agree to do the interview, but then because he's one of the busier guys right now, it took a really long time before we actually did the interview. So even before I interviewed him, he and I were in like email discussions for over a year, <laughs> where he, I where we just chatted via email about the book, and he was also he was always very excited about the book and very supportive and. Um, he worked with Carpenter on the Ghost of Mars score. Uh, so even though the, the dinner didn't end up being what it was originally supposed to be, um, I ended up having a fantastic time just hanging out with the two of those guys yeah. and, and, the, and the woman who's in <laughs> on Street 4. And, and also there was a photographer there who Joseph knew. He didn't come with Joseph. He was just there to kind of shoot the... Excuse me, to photograph it. Joseph's like... You know, this guy's from Hell's Kitchen. And so I started talking to him. He grew up in the building that I used to live in. <laughs> he grew up in the building? <laughs> I used to live in this building called Clinton Towers. I lived there for like five or six years uh, after after I moved out, uh, after Dion and I parted ways as roommates. Yeah. Um, and when I moved into the city, I lived in this building. And he grew up in that building in the 70s and in, in early 80s. That's so weird. He, he said his family was one of the first three families to move into that building. So we were just he and I were just talking about Hell's Kitchen, and he was telling me all about what it was like when he was growing up, and and I was like, "What? I'm telling him what the area." And he lives like out there now. now. He lives. No, out he lives in L.A. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. lives out in L.A. But he grew up in the building. He's like, I grew up in like 26, whatever, and I was like, oh, I used to live on 38. <laughs> That's so weird. And did you tell him about the? the remember you before you moved out? And there was a fire. Did <laughs> you tell him? I didn't tell him about the fire. I did, did you exchange contact info with him? You should like, hey, I forgot to tell you about the fire, man. <laughs> 
we thought the place was because you called me at two in the morning. I might have to stay someplace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a little scary. Yeah, everything we're gonna we're gonna throw everything out via parachute down thirty eight floors. But it was just a f- small world, man. It's so funny. And uh, but so I'm just saying that, that was what why, that was one of the reasons why I went out there. It didn't end up being what it was cracked up to be. But but you were able to. I make ended up having useful, an awesome yeah. time. And you made it sounds like you made great friends. That you can maybe you know if they come out east or whatever or again. Oh yeah, I mean I don't know if I'll take it up on take them up on it. But Harry was like because I'm going to be doing conventions out here on the east coast with the book. I'm going to be doing Monster Mania in August in Cherry Hill. I'm going to do the Chiller in October in. Uh, I think Parsippany, New Jersey. Harry's like, I'll come out. I'll come out and sign the... I'll sit with you. I'll sign the books. I don't know if I'm going to be able to... I have to figure out the logistics of it. But uh, amazing group of guys. And of course, then, of course, Chris was like... Chris Young, who did Hellraiser and all that. And a million... I feel bad saying he did Hellraiser. Because I know he's like... He's not totally comfortable being the guy that did Hellraiser. Because he's done so many movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like... That's the easiest way to describe who he is to people that are horror fans. Um He's like, yeah, I'll come, I'll come out. So I don't know. I mean, we might do signings other places where I get some of these guys to come out. At the very least, hopefully it'll work out, and I'll go back out to the st- uh, Dark Delicacies in Burbank. And, and we'll, I'll yeah. do a signing there where it's me and maybe three or four, or maybe five of the guys. Will come then we'll out. have to we'll have to ship out the podcast and do a podcast from yeah. out there. <laughs> we'll <have> the <laughs> West Coast <laughs> West Coast representing uh, East Side doing a podcast with, with all these people on there. So yeah. it sounded out to be a good time, and it's funny because this time in the the springtime is when we usually go. I mean, you've gone out pr- uh, between us going out and then this time you've I gone went out, out to San Francisco. You went and did some stuff in San Francisco related. To, you went to the, briefly to the Schultz. Um, oh, the Schultz Museum for peanuts. Um, yeah, uh, and the then Disney Family Museum is yeah. in San Francisco. And, and then uh, and I was tempted to go back out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, but I'm not going. But they're doing uh, the the group that we went out with the. F- for the trip we were talking about in 2013 is going back to LA to do some really cool stuff uh, for the Marvel for the Marvel Civil War this is Captain America and Civil War like a tour a private tour of like the Marvel offices and that's great stuff. meet Stan but, Lee but that's where you and I met Stan Lee the first yeah. time out there among other people so but I can't go out again because yeah. I just I just went out for my yeah. own <laughs> and it, it, <laughs> reasons and when we were there we went we, uh, we went to the Reagan Library because they had a Walt Disney exhibit because Disney and Reagan were so close, and then you know the Reagan Library is this huge installation. So they had this whole wing that you have a lot of touring exhibits. So they installed this great Disney exhibit, which was good. Yeah. So part of our tour of seeing the Burbank Disney lot was then we went to Simi Valley and we went up to the top of the Reagan thing, and it was it was was awesome and sad in a sense because we only had like three hours there, yeah. and the Reagan Library is relatively new. It probably was designed a couple of years ago, reopened, and you know if you're not a, a, a a historian or a fan of like you know just just history we're there to see disney so we try to do as much as we can there and then it's like we only had like 20 minutes so there we are trying to race to through the, the rest. yeah, yeah. Like, they're like air, like reagan's air force one yeah the, the air force one airplane hangar there and you can go on it they had they had that air force one there they had his motorcade cars they had all this beautiful stuff and you know just and it was just sad because we weren't able to go do his stuff I think the only thing we really did, did do was we went through the Air Force One and yeah, we did like yeah. the motor, ca- motor, motor pool area. Um, and that Air Force One served, I think, Nixon, maybe. I think it was commissioned for Nixon. It was Johnson uh, for No, I'm sorry, not, not Johnson. It was uh, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, and then maybe Bush Sr. retired that. Yeah, either that. It was either Bush Sr. retired it or... 
Bush Senior wrote or, on it, or Reagan did and got a new one and like that's for the a one. second term. Yeah, it was right around there when that. And went it's up a smaller retired. plane. It's like a seven twenty seven. Where nowadays the Air Force ones are like seven forty sevens or seven six. I forget what big, they, but they're bigger. Yeah. But this one was noticeably smaller. Yeah, back I mean, then it you didn't really look need like you know Harrison Ford's. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And as well as like we're not supposed to take pictures on it. You and I are just sneaking photos left yeah. and right on the darn it thing. It was almost like it was just like it felt more like a like a family. Yeah, like. You know, like a bag of very much like 70s you know uh but that was fun but it was just sad that it was such a beautiful library and then you know uh with nancy reagan passing about a couple months oh, yeah. ago all because reagan's buried there so yeah that's where nancy is Na- they interred nancy there as well so they had all her ceremonies up there and then that was kind of beautiful because we'd been there it's like oh yeah. i we have a frame of reference where that is and it was so lovely to see this the, her memorial services um uh, up there so uh, yeah, we'd have to. I'd love to go back and just explore all that. But it was it was fun for us doing all that, and then for you to be able to go back and do all this stuff again. Weirdest little story, real quick before we wrap up. I'm sitting on like a Sunday night or whatever, got nothing to do. I'm like, I want to go to In and Out. I look at my phone. I'm like, there's an In and Out two miles away on like just on one road. Yeah, it's a straight shot. And I was like, fuck it. You know, it's beautiful out here. I'm just gonna walk. I walked two miles to In Pasadena. Yeah, in Pasadena to in and out and then two miles back. But on my way out there, walking out like five blocks from the hotel, maybe a little more, I run into this guy that I worked with <laughs> on a show. Really? Yeah. A guy I worked with on Comic Book Men. Yeah. Uh, he was out there and I was just walking to him, he's on the sidewalk talking to somebody and I walk and as I'm walking by and I'm looking at him I'm like, Is that Cameron? Is that the guy? and he looks at me, he's like, Hey man and so and then the kicker of the story from his perspective had to be really bizarre because he walks in and he used to live in my neighborhood during the time that we made that show so in, in new york yeah he's originally yeah, for people who don't know you did post editing work on comic book man on the, the first, first season first, first two seasons of yeah comic and then now. you went on and you you've, you've now you're doing other reality shows yeah. right now but uh he was from la his wife was from here so they moved here for him to do that he lived in hell's kitchen for a number of years up until like 2014 he was telling me I never ran into him when he lived in my neighborhood. I once or twice saw him, like, across the street. But so, like, I never stopped to talk to him because I just saw him, like, walking the other way. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) But so I run into this guy in Pasadena. What time was it at? Like, you said, like, night. Sunday night. It was, like, like 5 o'clock in the the early evening or 6 or something like that. And from his perspective, it had to be completely bizarre because the guy he's talking to is a guy that he worked with on a on a on a Donnie and Marie special in like 1998. So in the span of like 10 minutes, this guy runs into two people that he's working with. And does he, does he live there in that area? Does he, he live did, in he's like, he's like, I just moved, he's like me and my girlfriend, me and my wife moved to Pas- Pasadena like two years ago. He's like, I live right around the corner. Here. You want to come up and have a drink? <laughs> he was like, we should have like a party. He's like, I just bought beer at the store. <laughs> he's like, we should have a party. <laughs> so from his perspective, in a span of 10 minutes, he ran into two guys that he's worked with. And what did he do? And hasn't seen since he's worked with them. What did he do? On, what was the capacity? His he capacity? was a story producer on comic book. Okay. Um, so for his, yeah, I just imagine from his perspective, then he's like, I'm from New York. I'm not even from this coast. <laughs> you say that or you he? No, like, like from his perspective, like this guy I worked with in New York City. Yeah. Just as walking I think by. it's even more perplexing the photographer living in the building you spent five <laughs> or six years in. That's so crazy. 
small world. Man. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it really is. And then I went to the In and Out, and it was like a drive-through In and Out. But they yeah. had a couple of picnic tables in the back, so I just ate a burger and I walked all the way. Was that your second In and Out experience? Yeah, the first one was you yeah. and I when we went to California. Yeah, I mean it was great at the time, but I look back and I was like, yeah, I guess I don't know if it was nothing special. But you re, re- renewing the revamp was it is just as good or is it? It was. It's pretty as far as a burger goes. Yeah. As far as a fast food burger goes, it's pretty top notch. I thought the fry the fries are not that great. Yeah. Um, I wonder now with all the advent of all these new specialty like a Five Guys or like yeah. all these new burger joints. It's more like it's more up. like a Five Guys than like a McDonald's or yeah. a Burger King. It's funny. I went to. To, um, I had to do a. Uh, I work in um, television news, as some people know, so I had to go quickly. They did a town hall with some of the presidential candidates in Houston, Texas. So they're like, "Can you go to Houston, Texas?" I'm like, okay. So we fly to Houston, Texas, and it was during Lent, and I'm a Roman Catholic, so I gave up meat during Lent. And where do I go? I go to the barbecue capital of the world, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, "For Christ's sake!" Everyone's like, "Oh, we're gonna go get barbecue. We're gonna get pulled pork." And I'm like, "I can't eat. I gave up meat for Lent, you know." So, um, but we went to a couple burger places there, which escaped me now, and they had. They had like veggie burger options, and they were amazing. And like you literally thought you're eating a freaking burger. Yeah. It's, it's, so I love how nowadays it's just really become a thing. I'm catering. surprised that in Texas, you know, like I know, like obviously New York and probably L.A. and San Francisco, it's probably like yeah. you can get these niche. You can get like vegan food or, or yeah. you know, meatless food that's fucking top notch. But it's 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 cool. It's cool to hear that like. Yeah, a place like a Texas that is so fucking known yeah, for beef. meat. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But I think it's like a lot of these big companies, especially these these semi uh, chains, are realizing what's have it as an option. Like McDonald's, yeah. you know, we were just talking about uh, at work that their stocks are soaring, and I think it's because they're adding all these healthy options. You know, they have like instead of fries, you can get like apple uh, slices. Your <laughs> apple slices. Yeah, you know milk. what I mean. You can get yeah, you can get all these different. So for. You know, especially, I think it was a different generation for when we were little, our parents bringing us to McDonald's, like, yeah, get them Happy Meal, that's fine. But now people are kind of conscious of, and I don't even think it's the same food anymore. You oh, know, no. You know, I mean. It, I can't, I, I say to this day, I wish I could taste what you know, original McDonald's tasted like pre-high school. We were little. You know, because I say, well, as soon as we get to college, it's like they changed the ingredients. Yeah, and well, for some reason, vegetable oil instead of like animal fat. Yeah, and it's just. <laughs> I, you know, I remember like you would. You know, sh- you would shiv your brother for a fucking yeah. hash brown at McDonald's. And, and now it's just completely. <laughs> now it's like it's good, but it's like mm, eating a hash brown when I was little was like fucking yeah. heavy. I don't. I don't even eat it anymore. I'm just so done with it. I mean, a friend of mine did an experiment where he uh, took a dollar cheeseburger off the dollar menu, put it in a drawer, left it for a year, and then he opened it up and he gave me a picture of it, and that fucking thing just stayed perfectly fine. <laughs> All the preservatives, it just hardened, and the only thing that happened was the cheese disintegrated. There's no kind of uh, mold or anything. It, sh- it looks perfectly. F- it looks like you know when you when you you freeze something and you lay it out and it gets hard. It looks like that. It looks perfect. It looks like a freaking. Um, it's like a uh, a prop. <laughs> yeah, like a prop. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean it, that's how. And I was like, oh my god, and that's in a drawer for a year. That's a, just a cheese. That's how many all the shit that's in it. You know, that's what our insides are gonna look like when we die. You know, if we don't get uh, embalmed. So uh, yeah. So I like how now that these burger places. So I wonder now with the five or the In and Out burger if it's. Uh, now it's the the bars being le- risen. It's like you know, well, it's, I mean, it's getting the, tougher and the tougher. The quality of the meat, the quality of that sandwich is, you know, yeah. not like McDonald's. Or, yeah, of it's course. more like a real burger. Yeah, yeah. But that's, like, that's, but that's where it's going. Burger, you know, the McDonald's is it's 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 a hard time for them now with with, with the, what they're making versus what they have out now. Anyway, so it sounds like it's a fun time. And, it was, and, it was and a very. Uh, it was a fil- it was a full trip. Got a lot full done. Full trip. Got a lot done. I got some. Stuff shot. Yeah, hey, thank you for my gifts. I can't believe I got a nice Monster Palooza <laughs> program. I have my James um, 
uh, rebar, remar, uh, uh, freaking awesome uh, headshot that I'll have to include on the. Um, Got to figure out how I'm gonna fucking put this on there, and then uh, I got well, awesome Lance Henriksen. I scanned it already. Look at you. <laughs> I did I it knew, just in case. I knew we'd want to share it. Yeah, did you scan this this bad boy? I didn't boy? scan that. I I'm thought, sure we can I find it. I figured we'd probably be able to find the cover of that somewhere online. Yeah, this is awesome. To uh, what is it? To, I just I gotta have to just read this again to Dion. Uh, we are a tribe. <laughs> Lance Henriksen and Joseph Mendry. Yeah, yours is cooler than mine, but that's all right. <laughs> we can just switch it. The people we're in, we're sometimes in, interchangeable. Blake, enjoy. Yeah. Um, to Dion, we are a tribe. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, Blake? I'm going to call you Dion. Dion, remember. And we have some side casts that are going to be coming out um, soon, which are, which are fun. They're older, um, which means they're dated in the sense of when they were recorded. I don't think they're dated in the sense of... Um, you know, the, the information's out of know. date. Then we, who knows? We might, you know, we, so might get on, we might get on a tangent on something recent. Yeah, and I think it's, a lot of the stuff is dated in the sense we may talk about stuff that's already come out or around that time. But, like, you know, we're talking about timeless genres. And we have a lot of good stuff. We said it we would, have a... It would be interesting. I'd have to go back and listen to them. Because I know we said this about, like, the, the uh, movie novelizations. That like the podcast we would do about the movie, yeah, completely different today would be a totally different podcast yeah. than we did. Well, then. it'd be interesting then if we we issue these out and then we and come then maybe, back and we do part two. Yeah, revisit them. I mean, we have a we have a, a post apocalyptic cinema one. We have we have an action movie genre. Some of these are like three years ago. Yeah, we have the rise and fall of the video store. So which even is though nice. like the 80, even though like the action movie podcast, we probably would talk a lot about the same movies. We might have a totally different take on some. That's of those true. Movies. That's true. I mean, don't 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 play down. A, you know, now you're like you're. you're I'm not saying it was a bad point of view, but I mean, we might have a different point oh, yeah, of view yeah. today. Well, it might be, give us another uh, venue to, to, to explore. Uh, I mean, we have a three-parter, the, the uh, Decline of the Horror Convention, which is what we originally recorded. And that also talks about, one is called um, uh, Fulci Lives, where we, get, we talk about Luigi Fulci. The second one in that, in that series, we talk about Italian giallo, the phenomenon, which we've alluded to in this cast. If you don't know what the giallo genre is, um, that's something we go into great detail about. I mean, we have uh, our favorite live albums of music. I don't know, you know some of these music ones we'll have to talk about posting. Yeah. We have ho- the horror recommendations, and which was when we already put up. We already put up the Fake Shemp, which was the Bruce Campbell podcast. We did that one some months ago. We did the Dick Smith. Uh, we have um, a Christmas one that we might want to put out around Christmas time. Uh, we have a horror remakes. We have two parts. It's a two-parter, the horror remakes. <laughs> we, t- we probably compare. And now there's been so many more remakes yeah. since then. Uh, we have Adventures in Time where we talk about like our favorite time-traveling movies. We have toy variations where we, we remember us talking about ch- toys from our childhood. We have Batman at 75. So that was uh, in 2014 when Batman turned 75. We had a two-parter there. Uh, part one and part two. So, you know, a lot of these are, are interesting to, to, to revisit, put up. We have one on... Uh, comic book convention, comic book conventions in particular, like we I'm said, as we, we were eat at over. a convention, we yeah. were at a convention. Where we left to get lunch uh, at the the legendary Mangadero uh, Hero Boy Which on Ninth Avenue at yesterday. By the way, you son of a bitch, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not living that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so a lot of this, so this sidecast we're doing now is like a kind of a set in the table, unpacking a little bit what the other sidecasts are. We have a full schedule with the yeah, show. Let's not let's not mince any. Like you know, don't think we're gonna in any way start uh, being lazy about our regular but show. But we'd love the opportunity to occasionally get off the format of yeah. the regular show 
post one of these up on an off week, one of these, um, revisit one of these, and then like this one today, this is opening the door for us to start doing, uh, you know, maybe it might be fun instead of doing a movie, we do a side cast on something, or or unless we'll we do see. a movie and we do it on the, you we'll know, put it on off. Pans out. What we're in the mood for. Yeah, you know, so it's tough because, you know, it depends on what's going on in our schedules too. You know, it's going to be a very busy schedule coming in for the uh, fall. Summer. Summer of 2016 is going to be a big summer for Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers. It's unbelievable. The kind of stuff we're talking about doing. Uh, my eyes are closed <laughs> just trying to think about all that we have. We have a lot of crazy. I mean, it's one one movie's better than the next. You know, we have a lot of, and it's just, you know, and we've been, I don't know, if it's been serendipitous, but we've been hitting a lot of coincidences with we put something out and then something happens. And, yeah. you know, so it's fun. You know, I guess we have dropped the ball once or twice where we could have had stuff come out with, say, the Marvels, uh, this the Captain America Civil War, but we're busy guys. Yeah. You know, we have six different lives we're leading. You know, we're both superheroes. And also, you know, you we, know. We, can pl- we can, pl- you know, we like to plan, but at the same time, once Saturday night rolls around, oh, it could sometimes be. you're just in the mood for something else. Yeah, you just <laughs> throw, the, or, the, or or we've had problems where, you know, we put the tape in, tape's broke. You know, tape won't even, or it's not rewound, we don't have a rewinder, and then it's just, <laughs> and we're like, shred the tape. Yeah, or the tape know. gets eaten by the VCR, so we have to get the backup VCR. And you know what the problem with the backup VCR is? It doesn't have a tracking, so we have to limit what we can watch on that VCR because if we can't use the tracking, and if people don't know what I'm talking about with tracking, shame on you. I love when uh, Shout Factory has a like a Roku channel, and it has certain movies that are available VHS, and it's like totally taken off of like a VHS, so like Day of the Dead. So it's like four, three, like crappy VHS, and it starts with like the track. <laughs> I, you know, I, um, I don't know if I'll ever actually watch a whole movie that way, but I love that it exists. Somebody, somebody messaged the site, uh, our site, our Facebook page, Saturday Night Movie Sleepovers, and it was a very interesting concept where it was, and, and not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not wanting to plug them. I just thought it was interesting where they're they they're selling now, '80s retro box VHS boxes VHS is making a comeback did you man. see this just like vinyl they're yeah. VHS boxes of modern movies done in a VHS style and I'm not gonna say they're expensive but they're they're not cheap oh, but then I then I, I looked and you look at the fine print I'm like how are they getting away with doing this because this is copyright infringement to, to buy the movie and you're only buying the VHS clamshell oh, you're not yeah. getting the movie so it's hilarious that they're selling like say uh, Baba Duke. Yeah. And they do it like they give you the sticker, like two. It's a two night renter, <laughs> and then it has. It looks. It re- literally looks like, hey, more power to them. But then they go into like that's why it's costing. They're saying like, you know, it. Uh, we cut and paste it all night long to make it look yeah, like yeah. it's mom and dad's clamshell VHS. So it's funny. You're gonna buy it, and you're just buying a hollowed VHS clamshell, and then it's like that's gonna go on your shelf next to your vinyl and whatever's making a comeback. I'm sure, you're, at you know. the very least. Could be that size, but yeah, they send you trading cards to figure out how to like fit your DVD in there. Like you can, oh, that'll be cool. Slip your DVD case. Yeah, they should give you like a yeah, like a uh, just give you a plastic sleeve to put your DVD in there. You know, and then that 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 could be what you're. You know, it's like some people like to take the slip covers off their books because they think the actual hardcover books look a lot better. You know, plain paper than the paper slip cover, the the dust jacket. So it's like that's hey, take your DVDs off the wall and put them in clamshell VHSs. (laughs) You know the the, the DVD thing, the VHS thing. We do have a thing about video stores, but the VHS thing is becoming a crazy thing. Yeah. The guy Mark Miller, who runs Clive Barker's company, was the guy who spearheaded the giant like s- Scream Factory uh, release of Nightbreed. He collects VHSs, and he. <laughs> 
he was telling me all about how like there's this certain labels. It's like the way vinyl used to be, like original pressing. Now everybody wants like the new collector vinyl. But yeah, when vinyl became a was becoming a thing again. I was like, I want an original pressing of like you know billion dollar babies by. But like the, those original VHSs are now some of the certain labels you can tell it's original. Well, like the box, you know, because yeah. it's in like on the, the spine boxes. or whatever on the back. <laughs> yeah, like tell. some of them are worth a lot of money. It's That's becoming hilarious. a big collector's market. Wow, you, it, it just proves that you can anything if it becomes uh, if there's a market well, it's for all about it. Nostal- collection collecting is all about nostalgia. Yeah, which we talk about in our. And I think so our, is <laughs> That's what we're all about. And I think we we bring that up in our in our to- in our toys cast about how yeah, yeah. we're in a period now that it's there's such a market. For, remember that that reality show where people are. You know, oh, like Toy Hunter. Yeah, because like there's that. because there's people our age who want to get back that nostalgia, so they're going to try to buy stuff from our childhood. So I think your point was in the cast, this, the side cast is that this is the best time for you to be able to unload if you want to unload your toys because it people might, are looking it at it. Might be, we might be coming to the end of that. Yeah, sadly, that, that that bubble's bursting. That <laughs> that market now bubble. Everybody's getting married, having kids, can't um, spend money on stuff like that. But uh, this 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 oh this this reminded me that I wanted to say something about we're talking about VHS and then the uh, them buying VHS. Oh, I've lost my train of thought completely. Anyway. But so the wrap of the sidecast. Um, Hope this is opening the door. <laughs> we didn't bore you too much with personal anecdotes. No, but this is fun. People like to hear this stuff. And this opens, I don't know what, we haven't even decided what sidecast will issue next or what's going to come out next. Um, why the hell we said VHS uh, and this guy is reissuing VHS. Oh, yes, we should talk to the guy up at Yale, which is oh, not too yeah, far from us. We've been talking about that. There's a guy at it, Yale. The yeah. guy who works for Yale. Yeah, Yale. They've put together University. Like a VHS like conservation. Yeah, he bought all these VHSs, but he has a lot of like he has a big horror collection because that was a big part of VHSs. So not only does he have all genres, but he prides himself in this, and he was able to get like a grant from Yale to act as preservation. So they've entered it into the Yale archive. So that's only a hop, skip, and a jump from here. So maybe we should go up there and see if we, we can should. interview the well, bastard. I know when we first heard about it, we talked about yeah. trying to get up there to do that. Yeah. We should. That we, should good, we should map out some days. Be a good a good uh, road trip. We can record in the car right up and on the car right down. <laughs> So, and well, interview the guy. Thank you very much for listening to this. This was fun. Um, you can always catch us on our Facebook page, uh, Saturday Movie Sleepovers. We're on Twitter. Um, we're at Sat Sleepovers um, on Twitter. Please um, follow us, retweet us, favor us, uh, recommend us to friends, like our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, Join the Twitter community. Come on. Yeah, that's fun. So Twitter's <laughs> fun because we're always tweeting stuff out. We're, 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 we're Twittering stuff and we're retweeting stuff from other people too, which is fun. Um, we also have our original uh, uh, page. We like to send people over to our, our original internet page because you can get the podcast there. Just right click and download. You can stream it live there. Um, you can. Uh, we have a lot of extras. An autograph picture of James Remar. You can see an autograph picture of James <laughs> Remar. You can read a lot about about us. Our my picture from uh, on our about us is from the Reagan Library. That's true. That, yeah, that's when I was doing the uh, my opening. Uh, you know when when I when I was. Sworn in as the president, I was giving my that's first speech. Yeah, and there was, was also a little picture somewhere on the site, which is the two of us, and that's at Disney. That's us with Walt Disney, just yeah. chilling Except with Walt. Was giving us a crop, tour. I think we cropped Disney. <laughs> did we? Did we crop Disney on? I thought that was it was uh, <laughs> Walt giving us a tour, and it's just like Walt gave us a personal tour that day with Mickey. It was great. It was a good day. Um, but yeah, please check the site out because we have a lot of extras in each in each posting of our of our podcast that would that are particular to that podcast you know we have either stuff from the Saturday, Saturday 
Night Movie Sleepover Archive, or we have links to other things that are like further reading for that podcast. And um, you have your Score to Death uh, score Facebook to death page. Coming out, uh, it's, I got the Twitter page, I got a Facebook page, and the book itself is coming out. Uh, early summer 2016 so it's coming up just a few months away yeah and it'll be on amazon it'll be on barnes noble's website some barnes and noble it's going to be in book it's actually going to be in bookstores wow if you can find a bookstore there's a, it might be there yeah that's that's very exciting and you might be doing some signings this summer so yeah that's cool and the, you know and then we'll, we'll certainly lurch you to where, where this guy's going to be over here and <laughs> um yeah, just check us out, and we have you know we're on all these kind of aggregates. We're on iTunes. We're on all those forums. If you want to find the podcast, for some reason, not a lot of people. I think a good majority, but some people on the Facebook page don't know that we have a podcast. Even though we've kind of changed it, it's Saturday night when we sleep over podcast. So uh, we'd like to spread the word on that. And hey, thank you for all the people who listen, and the people who. Uh, email us and uh, and message us and, and give us recommendations or even nostalgic stories of their childhood or even tell us, hey, we were listening to the podcast. We love this and this reminded us of this, that, and the other thing. And uh, that's just real fun interacting with people, having this big social Biggest eco environment. Get, and it's a repeat compliment, which is great. You guys are assholes. Is that people say that listening to us is, reminds them of them sitting around with their friends shooting shit about movies. Yeah, having a beer. And we're like, that's cool. That's really awesome. So thank you very much. And just keep listening. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun things down the pipe this summer. It's going to be a fun summer. Yeah. And uh, we hope you like this first um, inaugural new summer Saturday night movie sleepover summer sidecast <laughs> that we did for... Um, for the for uh, the, the the with the both of us starring in it, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was fun. So, um, yeah. Until next time, we're gonna be we're gonna be here uh, waiting to. When you hit play, we're right waiting for you. So please hit play soon. Later.